people aren't buying our games no matter what we do. How can this problem be fixed? Sir, I expect we shouldn't be releasing them for obscure platforms. The PC FX and N-Gage aren't working. Maybe we've been a little too complicated with our systems, too. Market research is showing people don't like needing the instructions to walk down a street. Bah, those take too much time. I've got a better solution. Let's put tons of jailbait girl imagery in our games. How did we not do this before? The art doesn't even need to be great, just adequate enough to get a devoted demographic on our side. We'll be rich! Your backlog, The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the RPG Backtrack. It's continuing mission to explore games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. To seek out forgotten games and neglected classics. To boldly discuss what you have not played before. RPG Backtrack, the longest-running podcast about your favorite RPGs of the past. Get ready for in-depth discussion of plots, characters, gameplay, and more from the staff of RPGamer.com. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Bill Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome, this is RPG Backtrack number 206, the Telltale Compile Heart. I am one of two hosts, Phil Willis, and this is two of two hosts, Mr. Mike Minky. I find it interesting that Matt Nason, or as Phil would call it, new guy, the fellow who initially proposed the idea for this show, isn't here tonight. Hmm, hmm. I wonder how that happened. Yeah. It's suspicious, isn't it? I think he was in for the long con all along. That third voice you hear is Miss Relly Mayan. Hello, I'm here to talk about the pain. Yes, this is this is our this is our episode where we all just come together and support each other in a support group. And to help us do that, we have Mr. Michael Apps. Hello. How are you doing, Mr. Apps? I'm pretty sure Matt is waiting for you to add him to the call. Oh, we have somebody else too. There's more people who want to share in the pain. The person who proposed this. Oh well, we wouldn't want him to miss out, would we? Oh, we'll just no, add him. Not. We we want him to share in our pain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's a little add button in Discord. There we go. It's ringing. The person who brought up this idea has walked in the door. Mister, let's see. Well, you're not the newest guy anymore, so we're gonna call you old new guy. Old new guy. Well, thank you, thank you. I was wondering that. I was really trying to get someone on here so I wouldn't be new guy. 
Yeah, well, you're doing a good job, but now, now I'm just all that I've done is just demoted you to old new guy now. Or promoted yeah. you, depending on how you look at this. Being elder has some privileges. Right? Oh, elder old uh, new guy. I kind of like that. I might use that one. <laughs> well, the reason why we're ca uh, we're calling you elder new guy is because we have a new new guy who goes by the handle of Smoking Joe. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. What's your name? My real name is Joe. Oh, that oh. is incorrect. Your real name is New Guy. Yeah, but I'm not new. Yeah, I'm you're new guy. No, nope, new I guy. In October. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you were totally new guy. Oh yeah. I yeah. Joe, just I... accept it. You cannot argue with Phil's naming conventions. But there it are newer works. people who joined after me. Oh yeah. No, you're new guy on the podcast. Uh... Yeah. Totally. But you're but but now now that means this other guy is what are you now ancient new guy old new guy what do we agree on oh boy elder elder elder, elder old guy well gosh now I feel like I'm in church I thought it was elder new guy elder, elder old guy is redundant oh okay elder new guy I feel like I'm in, I'm at a church or something I live in Utah we have people going around like eighteen year olds with name tags on saying that they're elder you know Bob Smith or whatever I went back to the door and I just couldn't help myself I'm like. Are you really an elder? You look like you haven't even shaved before. Like, and if you're an elder, does that make me an ancient? Because I'm a lot older than you. Uh, anyways, we digress. Uh, so, new new guy, we have a series of questions for you uh, that okay. we do with all of our new guys on the podcast. Uh, old ancient new guy went through this a few months ago. Uh, okay. Yeah, very, very important questions. So, um Tell us, uh, well, you told us your name. What do you do at RPG Gamer? RP Gamer. RPG Gamer. I'm technically a reviewer, but my latest review is taking a very long time. I have, so I've done three reviews, and I've also contributed to some of the features. And I was recently on Q&A Quest uh, a few weeks ago. Yay! So. Tell us more about this mysterious podcast. No, no, nobody cares about no Q&A Quest podcast, please. Why don't you tell us instead, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of your gaming history? Oh, Phil, oh. are we not recording this for uh, posterity? Oh, did I forget to hit record button? Yeah, yeah, it's recording. Oh, okay. Totally. Okay. Um, well, let's see. When I was four years old, I got the <laughs> NES for Christmas. <laughs> Okay, we'll want to speed this up a little bit. Just a brief overview. Okay. Um, okay, so I went from NES to Genesis, Saturn, N64, GameCube, then got PS3, Wii, 360. I now have PS4 Pro, Xbox One X. Were you, like, playing RPGs that entire time, or were you more oh. into platforming back in the day? Well... Since I, I didn't have the Super Nintendo as a kid, so yeah, I played mostly platformers and stuff on those systems, but then I, I got more into RPGs. Um, like, what was the first RPG that just blew the doors open for you? Um, oh, let's give Wheels a stroke. I love Zelda 2. Ooh. Vomit. <laughs> so I played so, that so you a... love the one that actually does qualify as an RPG, according to pretty much everyone? Yeah. Does have like a little, uh, you know, little XP bar and everything. That totally and makes the one an RPG. Inspired the, the hardest Zelda games to find of all those CDI gems. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wand of Gamelon. Oh, here we go. Those are beauts. Okay. Well, so, um, what was your? Yeah, I love the I oh. love this the Disgaea series, Persona, um, okay. Zelda, of course. 
When we yeah. say persona, are we talking like the very first persona? Oh or... no! Oh god, no! Come! Um, oh, I thought that's what you ta- I thought that's what everyone loved. No, I mean, three, four, five. Oh, okay. All right. I briefly played the first one on PSP. Uh, it, it was okay. Yeah. I feel like that's like, like yeah. 80% of the people I talked to is like, I played it for a couple hours and I moved on. Yeah. The original Persona games are tough pills to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. So what's your, what, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned Zelda 2, which is more of a, of an action adventure RPG. You mentioned, you know, Persona JRPG. What, uh, t- you mean, uh, tactical RPG. What's your favorite type of RPG? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with strategy RPG on that. So, uh, yeah, I, I got into Fire Emblem with uh, Path of Radiance on GameCube. Um, and then when I was in college and discovered emulators and ROMs, that's when I played Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy III or, or VI and started getting into some of those ones. So Awesome. Uh, and th- this is the question that makes or breaks all of our new guys. What is your favorite RPG of all time? Oh. Um, no do pressure. O- do you count Ocarina of Time? Yeah, I think we we count that game, right? Am I missing something? Uh, we we covered it. Well, yeah, I think if we covered it. Um, I mean, we kind of so... let Zelda games in on grandfather clauses and that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that might be a little bit of an easy out. Let's uh, bet your next favorite RPG. Okay, next favorite. Um, I think I want to go with Persona Four on this one. All right, all right. That's a good, a good one. Choice. Yeah, that's a good choice. All right, we'll let you choice, stay on the yeah. podcast. All right, you, you didn't you didn't uh, say uh, my old Nancy Mevin, so that's good. That's so cliche. I mean, we just kick you off for being unoriginal. Uh, oh, is that the game you're mad at being remade? <laughs> I mean, wait, what do they make Final Fantasy six? Like in every poll of anybody who's been around the block for more than a few years, it's at it's the top. Perfect. What are they going to do to it? Oh my gosh! I want like my 3D remake with full rendered characters and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And you didn't say anything hyperdimension Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be very. That would be a very interesting choice. Yeah, this is okay. true. I like those games. I don't love them, though. I gotta be honest. Well, that's what we're here to talk about today. We have chosen ten of our most, (laughs) as a group, our most memorable (laughs) Compile Hearts game. I chose that word very carefully. Memorable does not mean good. It is our ten most memorable games as a group, and we are just going to talk about them. It's a lot to go through, so we're going to jump right into it after we take a break and let you listen to a soundtrack from one of these ten games. We'll be right back. return this is the main event where we talk about a game or a series of game and dive into all of its juicy entrails uh boy do we have some entrails to go through today we're going through as i mentioned earlier 10 
of our most memorable Compile Hearts games. Uh, and we're going to start this one off right, boys and girls. We are talking about that game which has come up on this podcast so many times. Cross Edge. <laughs> I feel like someone just put a cross through my heart. This was uh, developed by Bad Idea Factory. I'm pretty sure that's their real name. Published in North America by NIS. America released on the PlayStation 3 on May 26, 2009. This is technically a tactical RPG. Remember, Phil, I linked you the wiki for Compile Heart. Compile Heart was founded as a subsidiary of Idea Factory. Uh, uh. Doesn't that just make you make you your heart be filled with goodness? How can that go wrong? Uh, so, so many things. So, so many things could go wrong. So, the little story here. For I, I'm sure if you listen, if y'all have listened to this podcast for a while. You have heard my pain about Cross Edge in bits and pieces. I don't know. Have we ever dove into the d- details, Mike? I know we've brought it up here and there as far as... I think we did when we did an Idea Factory episode. Oh, right. I put it on here because, of course, it's co-developed by Compile Heart. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, we won't spend too much time on this, but just to kind of... You know, my little story on this was... I was, back when I first joined, uh, I did some news articles and and started doing reviews. And I had been through a number of, shall we say, challenging (laughs) games to review. And and, uh, Mr. Cunningham sent me an email and said, okay, you know, I know you had a rough time. I'm going to let you pick from these three or four games. You know, pick one of these. Was this after you reviewed From the Abyss? Yeah, I think it... I don't remember. You know, it's 10 years ago. The order kind of confuses. I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. But anywho, so I saw the picture. Yeah, I saw, like, the different games, and all I could do was kind of Google up in some of these games. They, they weren't out at yet, so there's no reviews or anything. Uh, but you could pull up screenshots and previews, and this will look kind of interesting. We got characters from different... Uh, games that are out there like Dark uh, Darkstalkers and Disgaea. I love Disgaea games. Uh, the artwork looked really good, and I'm like, "Ooh, this 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 looks like this could be fun." And a tactical RPG. I love myself Disgaea tactical RPGs. I love those things. So I'm like, "Yeah, hook me up with that one, brother." And it came in the mail, and I was so excited. I, I should have seen the warning signs, though, because I stuck the disc in and it kept popping back out as if my PlayStation knew, like, don't do this, man. Just I'm spinning it back out at you. But no, no, I, I insisted and, and I pushed it in and, and, and then I started playing it. And it, it didn't take me very long to figure out that this was a steaming, steaming turd. You, okay. you, you know, you're in for a you just uh, so Oh boy, where do you start? Where do you start with this? Um, you... Let's go with characters. Gameplay. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me about the loading times? <laughs> uh, you know, you know, you're in trouble when the game seems to load the dialogue while they're talking. Like it, it just the dialogue would just pause, and I think it was loading, but it just it just took forever. Um, the the, the 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 graphics like the screenshots I saw were of some of those cutscenes which looked just fine, but then when you got into the actual game, it looked like something from early PlayStation Two. 
it's just like holy shit what happened to all those good graphics i saw in the previews all right they only showed me kind of the the cut scenes uh the high res you know static art looks great but when you're actually in the game it looks like shite when you're in the in the combat, it's like sprite art or something. I don't know. It's not quite as cute as sprite like the sprite art we get today with, with some of the retro games. It just it just looks bad. Um, and 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 these different characters that you're like excited maybe about having characters from these different series together, so you get characters and stories. It just it's just such a wasted opportunity. I, 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 you know, I, I just stopped caring. I just wanted to get through it as quickly as possible. But, but the combat it was just horrible, and I just no, it's just it was terrible. I'm gonna pull up my review. It was horrible. It was just terrible. I just couldn't be done with that fast enough. It was the most evil thing in the world. I, I don't know what they were thinking. Oh, they weren't. They just threw this together so people like me would buy. Well, I didn't buy. I got for free. But it was. It's horrible. It's horrible. I usually keep my review copies. I, 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 I couldn't give this away fast enough. I can't remember if I burned it or gave it away or what. I certainly wasn't going to use it as a coaster to stick my drinks on and make them taste bad. The controls were even awful. How do you screw up controls in a tactical RPG? It, it, it's just it's just, it's just, just horrible. And then there's the mechanics. Like in a tactical RPG, what's really important is that you understand how the game works and what the rules of the games are uh, and how the leveling up mechanics. And here... It just seems like, you know, I like myself complicated, deep tactical RPGs with, with, with deep leveling up mechanics that I've got to make tough decisions. And I've, again, going back to Disgaea, one of my favorite series of games. I played almost every Disgaea game right through the completion, which I don't do very often. But, uh, but here, they don't explain anything to you. The mechanics, the mechanics are very poorly explained. And I didn't have FAQs when I was doing this because the game wasn't out yet, so I couldn't even do that. Um, it, it's just it, everything. Everything was just terrible about this. Uh, the, the menus were terrible. Everything just just terrible. Uh, just so many uh, so many things wrong. You can read my review in the archives for for more detailed information, but. It, it, it just it's just horrible like i'm just looking at the screenshot right now where our heroes are fighting like 10 wooden guys that look like they're from that one fighting game that escapes my mind at the moment but they just it's it's just terrible sprite art yuck horrible just just skip it just do just burn it just no nothing good bad i, I haven't Phil, looked at a film I haven't looked, Phil. Is it available digitally? And have people been tempted to purchase it digitally? Lord, I hope not. Why would you want to do that, boys and girls? Why? I just, I just, I don't understand why anybody would want to buy this digitally. But you know what? We're going to look just just for shits and grins, right? Uh, we're going to pull up the PlayStation Store and look. Do you think this was a PS2 game that they just kind of spit sh- shined and put on the floor just because they needed something for the floor? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't. Oh, this is weird. Uh, no, Cross Edge is only available via disc. However, it does pull up on the store because they've got add-ons. Just in case you just don't get enough with the base game and you want to spend more money on the steaming turd for the DLC. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I should check. Can you get it on Steam, or is it now an Epic exclusive? Uh, yeah right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it um, it was exclusive. <laughs> I just, uh, but you can buy it used off of eBay for twenty bucks. 
I, I can tell you that. Of course, if you want it brand new, which our listeners do demand. Oh, all I'm getting is a bunch of pins, cross-edge pins. That's pretty fun. Oh, I found a box. I found a box. Ooh, 44 bucks. That's... Oh, is this for the... Oh, it's not on Steam. That's so sad. Yeah. No. So, yeah, Cross Edge, it was just painful. It was super, super painful. I ended up giving it a 2 out of 5, and that was being generous. Uh, You know it's really bad when IGN gave it a 3.5 out of 10. Wow. IGN gave it a 3.5? Yeah. That's like a 0. Yeah. What did IGN get big rigs over the top racing or over the road, whatever it is? <laughs> I know, right? GameShark yeah. gave it a D minus. Uh, GameZone gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Famitsu gave it a 23 out of 40. So, go figure. Yeah, right? Uh, anyways, Cross Edge, just, just cross it off your list and throw it over an edge, and, like a ledge, <laughs> and you'll be just fine. <sighs> All right, let's move on. Hyper Dimension Neptunia. Uh, this was developed by Idea Factory, Compile Heart, uh, published in North America by Idea Factory International, formerly NIS America. This was released on multiple platforms, first released uh, on August 19th, 2010. And this thing's on the PlayStation 3, the 4, the Vita, Windows, Nintendo Switch. Uh, it, it's 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 all over the place, and, and and there's a remake of this from what I understand, right? Yeah, um, Rebirth One on the Vita. I don't Our, think it made it to Switch though. No, it's uh, it's. I it's, think you it says, exaggerated the number of platforms. It says Switch on here. Wiki Wiki is never wrong. Wiki <laughs> Wiki wouldn't lie to me. Wiki might be commenting on the entire series. There, there is other games. Uh, yeah, it might be the entire series. Is it like another game of the series yeah, that's on the the Switch? Uh, the, the new one that's coming out through Neptunia. Oh, RPG. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, okay, so ignore that. Anyways, so, let's talk about this game, and because this is the one that started the whole series, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so back then, you know. NIS had a premium to its name because of all the Disgaea games and all their strategy stuff. And at that point in my life, I bought pretty much every everything NIS did. Same this here. gave me question. Continue that. I, I think this was like, as far as publishing, what this was like their first noticeable dip in quality because, I mean, it was just boring, man. I haven't played the original. Really. I can only. Talk I've only done the Rebirth one a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. I. I got the original um, and only played a few hours, didn't get into it. And well, what I didn't like was the way they did the healing. Like you couldn't manually heal. You had to like play around with some meter and then it would increase the percentage chance that a character might use a healing item. So it was like, you oh, good. Just... I'm glad I played the remake that doesn't have yeah. that. That sounds yeah. like garbage. So, so they fixed that in the future entries, but. Like, you'd be in a boss fight, you have one person still standing, no health left, and they won't heal themselves. Yeah, that wow. was my experience with the first one. Yep. Yeah, that sounds pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I played the remake maybe two or three hours. I think it was right back when we started talking about all these go um, and joking about all the great sales that were happening. I think I got the rebirths, all three of them for Vita, for like under $10 total. Yep. Um and yeah, it was interesting enough for a couple hours, and then view or something amazing came out. But and don't, what, no idea. What got me curious about this game was that uh, 
you know, the whole the whole idea is that it's um as if the Sega Neptune came out, or it's in mm-hmm. an alternate world called Game Industry, where all four of the console or all three of the major consoles at the time and Sega are girls f- fighting to gain control of the game market. And on paper, that sounds like a really fun concept. And I was told that the original release on the PS3 had a very interesting and charming localization. But, man, I tried to play it, and I was just bored stiff. So so what was it that bored you? The gameplay? The dialogue? The, the dialogue. I think this is going to be a reoccurring yeah. Yes. thing for everything. Yeah, because like... I felt the same way. Like the whole concept was just awesome. Like, oh hey, look, it's all the game system personified, you know. So I liked the characters, and but they didn't really do much with the story. It was just nothing but fan service and uh, you know unnecessary dialogue. And then, like I said, with the gameplay, I just really struggled to get through just that first dungeon, you know. Yeah, I mean, my default mode uh, through these games. Uh, is, you know, get a feel for the scene, and seems like it's going nowhere. Just skip it. I, I can definitely say that. We we can copy and paste those last about 35 seconds on probably seven out of the ten games that we're going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just really frustrating because it's like the characters like had a lot to say and yet said ba- barely anything at all, if that makes any sense. Like all of the dialogue was just oh, I so understand. bloated. There's a yeah. quote I read in a book once where a politician is talking for a long, long time, and it's described as he, he talked for a very, very long time without actually saying anything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, you Except, could you could really uh, put all these guys' dialogue into a politician speak, and yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, I mean, say what? I mean, that's, that's not necessarily an issue unique to this game. No, it's, it's not. Certainly a like prime example of uh, why it's annoying. <laughs> we'll get into some of that in the final lap a little bit, but yeah. yeah. And and what's what's also kind of sucky is that when the dialogue did hit, it made me laugh my ass off. Like, um, very early in the game, ne- Neptunia, Sega's avatar, says something like, we do what Nintendo don't, or, you know, something to, to that effect. I don't remember the exact word. And the fact that they referenced that old ad campaign just made me laugh my ass off. No, and it's like, yeah. There's good humor in here. I mean, the one of the main series that I did finish too and review too. Uh, I mean, there, there was a lot of fun dialogue. And I think. Uh, did it seem like it was few and far between to you, though? Not really. At least for that one. Uh, when I went into three, uh, that one bored me a lot really quick. Yeah, I'll talk about three if, if yeah. that's on our list. We'll get two, to that. Two seemed to find a decent enough balance. Yeah. Make it all the way through. I've played one, played a lot of three, didn't try two, mainly because I was thinking in my head, huh, I'll review one of these for our site. And I saw Wheels had already done two, so I tried the opposite ones and yeah, didn't quite make it. I tried three too, and that did just crash and burn. Yep. So, how many games are we up to in the Hyperdimension series? Uh, Um, It's hard to tell because there's spinoffs and they're named oddly. So you yeah. have a game that looks like it's Neptunia 7. That's definitely not the seventh game. And there's so, one called, what is I it, Mega know. Dimension? We're in, the, we're in the teens. Looking at the main series, which also has spinoffs on there too, um, timeline or release on Wikipedia, it's at least 17 with spinoffs. Yeah. So without spinoffs, I think the next one is like number five or six. Cause it, it, because remember, the third one was called V, so... The direct sequel was Mega Dimension V2, 
It wasn't seven. It was V two. Yeah. So. Using Square Enix numbers. Because everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna uh, say everybody else uses uh, Roman numerals, but they decided to go with the V two. Yeah. Because that's not really? confusing at all. No. Not at all. And then they came out with the VR version of that game for PlayStation VR. Correct. <laughs> Does any of us? Do any of us have a VR? Are any of us curious about what hyperdimension in VR is like? <laughs> I can only imagine bad things. It's like porn. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had believe you mean more specifically me hentai. Well, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, I didn't I've narrow heard... that down to the genre. Yeah. I have heard that a lot of the, the PlayStation, the PS4 ones, have a few anti-frustration features like being able to skip low-level battles. I don't know if anybody has subjected themselves to any of the pain of them to find that out for themselves or not, but that's just what I've heard. PlayStation 4? Yeah, the the PS4 entries in this. I've not tried any. Uh, I've, I mainly, I, I've I didn't experience Vita. Yeah, I, I was just playing Mega Dimension V2 this afternoon, and it was not letting me skip. I was just blowing through all these fights without even trying, so, and I okay. wouldn't let me skip them. But maybe that unlocks later, I don't know. Okay, I was just curious. So, what do you, what, well, the story and the characters and, and all that are just meh. What about the, the combat? Certainly the combat makes up for it. I wouldn't say they're meh. I'd say uh, they do too much, they do too much, like, nothing story segments. But when it's good, it's good, and the characters can be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, there are, there is a lot of humor, there is a lot of... It, the jokes would say the jokes hit when they hit they hit um yeah, sometimes and, there's just too much fluff between them yeah and i would say it, the the series if they want to improve it they need to make a lot of these conversations optional and this is one one thing i really one of the few things i really liked in disgaea 5 is they really cut down like a lot of the needless uh fluff scenes in the main story by making them like optional like you can you can choose to go have them while you're wandering around the main base i think this series needs something like that and it could potentially be a lot better because then you know probably a lot of the main good jokes and stuff will be through the main story sequences and a lot of stupid nonsense they want to throw into the game they can make optional highlighting story mode or whatever like this is a story conversation this is extra conversation yeah like 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 having the skits won't be a cure for narcolepsy so yeah like i like i like how um tale the tales of series handles that and Mm. that a lot of the unnecessary dialogue is in the skits so that you can just skip it if you don't want to listen to it exactly well valkyria chronicles did that too they they would tell you in the storybook mode you know this is an optional scene that doesn't contribute to the story and you could skip it so. right like if if you want to make your game if you're like a, a, a working on one of these games and apparently want to be working on some terrible visual novel instead fine just don't force me to watch your garbage please please <laughs> because i mean when when one of those scenes when it like what you think is a main story scene comes up you you have to assume it's important you can't just like skip it right out and like we said, there are some good jokes, so you don't want to necessarily just like skip. Especially if you're reviewing it. If you're reviewing it, then you have to at least give every conversation a chance, yeah. even if they're all crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll get and to that. I, I do want to watch the, another game. <laughs> I tried to watch mm-hmm. the uh, hyperdimension anime for some reason, and right in like the first episode, she gets attacked by some monster and gets slimed, and there's the panty shots, and I'm like, all right, I can't watch this. So. 
I think you immediately found the reason it was made. You have yeah. chosen poorly. <laughs> so the combat? Oh, it's fine. It's fun. It's yeah, it's serviceable. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I- I'm assuming it's pretty much the same combat as in the uh, rebirths. Yes. Yeah. It's I... Turn-based and you, and then you've got some weird kind of combo system going on. It's pretty standard. Yeah. I have to admit that what I did play, I did like some of the combat just because of how how fun it was. Yeah. And but I also enjoyed uh, taking on some of the dragons that were in it and just completely blowing them or grinding up on those dragons and then being overpowered. And you would have thought I would have continued the rest of the game with it being kind of that easy, but eh. Yeah, I I liked it when the comic got pretty hard too because a lot of decent strategy to it. So. And I, it was standard turn base, yes, but you could move around. There was a yeah. movement component to it, and depending on your weapon or what you were trying to do, there was an area of effect. Yes. So yeah. I really enjoyed, like, okay, I'm going to move right here so I can hit these two at the same time, or I can move here and get those four that are all lined up in the same way. So it wasn't just Dragon Warrior, Attack, Attack, Heal, um, movement in there, so it added a little bit of spice, too. Yeah, I think the major problem is they use that com- some variation of that combat system in like about fifty different games. So yes, it, it does played, wear thin after yeah. a while. Unfortunately, yeah. if you've played multiple Idea Factory games, uh, you know even if one of these is a pretty good rendition of it, you may be so. But yeah, it's fine. It's not the best. It's not bad. It's just meh. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's meh. I'd say it's it's pretty good. I'd give that combat better than average, but not anything, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's played far, far worse. Let's let's uh, let's let's jump into its sequel. Let's keep the train moving, and then we'll we'll do a little bit of a wrap up on this a little bit later um, okay. for this series. Uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia MK2, developed by Idea Factory, Compile Heart, uh, released uh, or published in North America by NIS America. Released on the PlayStation 3, the Vita, Microsoft Windows, originally on, I believe it's August 18th, 2011, in North America on the PlayStation 3, February 28th, 2012. This is a single-player RPG experience, but does it improve on the first game? Yeah. Slightly. Yeah, I think the story is better. It's got a funny concept, so uh, you're using a different set of characters that are the basically the portable versions of the different consoles. So <laughs> that's actually of, kinda cool. Yeah, there's a lot of fun jokes based around that. Uh c- combat's improved and that and just noting that all my all my impressions are from the the Vita version. I've not played the PS three version of any of these. And this uh, is the rebirth, right? Yeah. Yeah, the rebirth ones just did a good job. I thought that th- those were worth playing. Yeah. Um, but at, so at this point, if you wanted to get into the series, pick those. Don't bother with the originals. Yeah, I had a good time. I should pull, Understandable. Pull, yes. Pulling up my review to see what I even said about it. You reviewed this, so uh, you. Oh yeah, take the floor. You've at least put some yeah. whole thing at one point in your life. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I had a, a really good time with this one. It's it's not like super long. I think it even had like multiple endings to it, and it's just, there were it was it was a solid little thing. I gave it a three out of five. Probably would have given um, the first one less than that, and probably the third one less than that too. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good time. The really good boss battles, uh, battle system was solid. 
characters were funny and entertaining. Main plot wasn't, it was eh, but uh, a lot of the jokes uh, were really good. And even, like I said, the, the main plot's boring, but uh, kind of the character interaction kept me interested to the end. So, you know, it's, it was a good time. Don't regret it. And I will probably replay it at some point over, wow. over even like playing wow. some of the ones <laughs> I haven't played. Yeah. Well, what's, ni- what's nice is it's not super long or anything. You could probably easily finish it in like 20 hours. And you okay. know, going, going through a second time, you could focus on like messing around the dungeons and stuff and skip any So would you replay it over, time. say, Panzer Dragoon Saga? Well, F, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see something else short. Would you... Can you even count Destiny as being replayed, or do you are you just continually playing it? Yeah, no, that's that's unending. That's not yeah. Yeah, no replaying. And what about Monster Hunter? I understand um, Phil is which irate one? that you haven't been playing much lately. Well, well, I have been playing a little bit, but um, no, obviously I choose Monster Hunter. Am I allowed to um, bash Monster Hunter on no. this podcast? Quiet. Okay. <laughs> what did he just say? No, no, it's just... What Garrity. did he just say? Let it go, <laughs> Phil. Let it go. I he's, asked if I was new. allowed to. I didn't actually do he, it, so clearly the answer is no, so I Give won't. Give him a pass. He, he posted a hypothetical, Phil. That's all. Yeah. That's a banning. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff I would obviously replay over this, but uh, the characters are entertaining, so if I was looking for just, like, something silly and stupid to play for a little while, I'd certainly fire it up and recommend people give it a try. All right. Any anybody else have any comments on this for move it on? D- does the series get better as it goes along, or is it pretty no. stagnant? No, I, I think we've we've mentioned we've hit the high mark course. already. Yes. Well, may, well, I I don't know the, the I mean the the well the new one that's coming out soon looks promising, and yeah. I haven't played really the PS4 interested one. in. I'm interested in the new one. That one yeah. looks. Once they've cut the dialogue down, my god. But no, uh, but, I would say one of the spinoffs we're going to talk about is actually the... I think hit and miss would be the best description of yep. the series. Lots yeah. lots of misses or partial misses. Partial misses. But man, if that fan service doesn't keep the sales going. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually... as, as George Carlin once said, it's not a near miss, it's a near hit. A collision is a near miss. <laughs> Oh, look, they nearly missed, but not quite. I mean, if there's one positive thing I'll say about this series is that I like the character designs. I actually have a screenshot of Vert on my Vita lock screen just because I like her character design, particularly when she's in Xbox mode. But that's (laughs) she has the biggest boobs out of the whole lot. Yeah, she's my favorite for obvious reasons. (laughs) Yeah. But the designs are pretty cool. I I like how... uh... What is it? Neptunia, she's got her hair braids are like the D-pad. Yeah. There, yeah. There was, a, uh, there, was a, there was a cool character in 2 that was basically uh, Falcom, and it's basically a girl version of Adol, which I really loved. Is her name Falcom? Yes. In one of the other games, I'll, I might as well just say it now, but in one of the other games, it actually says, da-da-da-da-da, Falcom, and then right under it, it totally breaks the fourth wall. It's like, come on, we're not even trying with this naming here. <laughs> yeah. About Like, it just throws it in there. Yeah, I like the fourth wall breaking. And, yeah, and, there's... Uh, and yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's kind of like, there's, there's a lot of good in the series. It's just, I wish 
I wish they'd get a better editor or something to really hone in on what works and not just give me like it, it, you think it would be easy to cut you'd think so, but I've played a lot of j r p g s that don't seem to have editors, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem, yeah. I we're think not it's gonna. What we will be mentioning for every game in this. Oh yeah! Oh yes. <laughs> I also think I can. Oh. I can ID where it comes from. Remember how lots of games like to have on the packaging: sixty hours of gameplay, eighty oh, hours yeah. of gameplay, as if time in and of itself is a good thing. It, there's there's quality of time, and that's I would say more important than the sheer number of hours you get out of it. Very well, much think- so. I think a good example is one of my favorite games is Uncharted 2, and that's nine hours long, and that's a masterpiece, totally. And I, But see, that's a game where I would have loved to have 20, 30 hours, because I just love the gameplay, but, you know. Yeah. Or we talked not long ago about Final Fantasy VI, right, Phil? If oh, you're trying, you can beat Final Fantasy VI in under 20 hours, and you don't oh, feel easy. Like, you got, like you got a chip game. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um... Well, I'm I'm hearing you know so so in talking about this game, I'm hearing things like um, compliments, laughter. I can almost see you guys smiling, but I'm about to take that away as we take a walk over to Mugen Souls or Mugen Souls, whatever you can call it. Developed by Compile Heart in North America by NIS, uh, published by NIS America. Uh, this was released on uh, October 16th, 2012. Uh, that's really close to the day of hell. Uh, on the PlayStation 3, a single-player RPG experience. Well, that's that's accurate. It is an experience, right, Mr. Apps? Um, sure. Experience. Keep in mind, the word, the word experience is neither yeah. positive nor negative. It was memorable, wasn't it, Mike? Very memorable. It was something, all right. Um, I'm just going to... You, you want to know what the, the title of my review of this game was? Where is my mind? That's what this <laughs> game did to me. I, I just want to read some, some the pros and cons here. Okay, so we got we have the first, we have the plus. The story occasionally provides some laughs. Those were all in about the first hour. See, combat is boring and tedious. Convoluted mechanics, extensive grinding requi- required, constant loading times that got more farther. You got in the freaking game. Too much moe. Yes. So I, I heard Ugh. one positive and five negatives, and you did come up with a positive. <laughs> I remember when Mac, wrote, when Mac wrote reviews, I remember he would actually try his hardest to come up with three positives and three negatives, no matter how good or bad the game was, because that's the way Mac was. I, I put I tried to find a positive because I felt bad for the people that, that worked on the localization for this. It was clear mm-hmm. to me that they didn't they they did a good job. They did whatever they could, you know, whatever they did the best they could with what they had to work with, which was was not not good. Not next. So what was so, so bad about it? Uh, let, me, <laughs> let me see if I can encapsulate the experience of Mugens. So it plays a lot like in a, a, most of these Idea Factory we're going to talk about. So you have like a central base, and you go out to various planets. You're trying your place character called Choo Choo or something who wants to conquer the universe. and The universe? Yes, the universe. And she likes morphs. One of the mechanics is she morphs into different like moe forms. There's like a whole moe mechanic related around that where you have to find which of her forms 
uh, I guess, entertains some characters in these worlds the most or some nonsense. And it started kind of promising because it was the first world you go to. There's this whole thing with like, a, it was a princess trying, it was a, like a princess trying to save a knight or something. It it was like this play on kind of traditional stories that was, and the dialogue was kind of fun. And that's where the plus came from. And after that, once, once, once there were like more than three characters in the party, every conversation became the typical bad JRPG um, let's talk about what's going on for 20 minutes and not actually say anything of note. Oh, I hate uh, that. So I think I made it about a quarter of the way through the game before I just had to, I, I couldn't, I had to skip the majority of the dialogue. I could not, could not make it through any. Um, so then there's the combat in the game, which is kind of uses as its base the typical idea of factory system. So your characters can move around in battle. They can use special attacks and stuff. And it has this ridiculous mechanic where that I never understood and is never really explained where you could like throw characters and bounce them all around the arena for some reason to do something that never made much sense. And, you know, as you go through this, the difficulty just turns from a gradual climb into uh, getting to the top of Mount Everest. And so um, it's got this whole, I don't want to call it like randomly generated dungeon thing. You go, you can go through this thing that seemed like it was trying to do something similar to like the item world in Skya, only a god-awful approximation of it where you go through like some random fights and then use that to power up your character stuff so i tried to do that power up my characters like spells and abilities and such which increase their mp costs uh by large degrees and to my dismay when i used these supposedly power up abilities on uh the enemies which i was having great difficulty defeating late in the game they did worse for no definable reason wait you powered up your abilities. I powered up the abilities to the point where, and, yes, and your powered up abilities were less effective. Correct. I'm not seeing the logic here. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> there was not a logic, a lot of logic involved in this. And to be honest, I have no idea how I finished this thing. I have no idea. It was such great joy. How did you do it? I don't know. It was such great joy to see those end credits. And then someone else on the staff. I'm sure there was a reason, new game plus option. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> I like to uh, tell people when I have no memories of finishing a game like that, I call it a gaming fever dream. Yeah, that, that's that's a good way to describe it. Uh, so, so here's the other bad thing about this: is the farther I got into the game, the worse the performance seemed to be. Like loading times were bad. Everything in battle moved really slowly. I don't know if it was some kind of bug or, or what was going on, but it just made everything take longer. And it, oh my God, Ugh. it was awful. So let's it, see. You, you didn't talk about the the sound, which I'm sure was amazing. Uh, <sighs> music was terrible. Was it dubbed or subbed? It was subbed. And the voice actors did a fine job. They had no, nothing to work with, really but I appreciate their efforts and yeah. Oh, and, and let's uh, see. Uh, oh, and the visuals. I'm Were those Moe outfits captivating to the people who are captivated by that? No, they just looked kind of stupid. 
Okay. Can yeah. someone explain Moe? I'm not familiar with it. Uh, I don't really want to. Okay. It's <laughs> basically like cute anime girls. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember the exact translation for it. That that's basically what it is. The the trope of cute anime girls. Yeah. Okay. Is it similar to like Eki or something like that? Um, or... I don't know. Well, okay. just just Google this game and look at the main character, and I think that kind of tells you all you need to know. Joe, I think you pretty much hit it on the nose. I thought it was a little bit of risque. It's not just the cute anime girls. Doesn't it have that risque element to it? Okay. Yeah, I think. I typed oh, in this... Mo, and now all I get is Mo Seslak. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you getting uh... the flaming Mo? <laughs> oh, that'd be good to have while playing these games. Mo. My... Oh, oh, and there's a whole, uh, I forgot to mention, there's a whole, like, um, uh, what we call it, hot spring. There's, like, a hot spring in your main base. Of course there is. Well, you can't have a compile heart game without a hot spring scene. I'm pretty sure there's a mini game that was supposed to be there. That I suppose you could do it with a public bath, but it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, it's. Uh... Oh, oh, and I forgot to mention the best part of this game: the point where you think is the end of the game is actually the halfway point, and then you have to go back to like uh, new portions of all the old planets you originally went to. Yeah, screw this game. If I still had my copy, I would pay somebody to launch it into the sun. Now, this one came to you from Mac, right? Uh, yes. And somebody uh, somebody wanted the copy for someone they knew, so it got shipped off to England, and that was it. I was done. Never have to look at it again. Hey, you check know, it I... out. This one's actually on the PlayStation Store. Nine ninety nine, and it's got four and a half out of five stars, Mike. Overpriced. Oh, my gosh. 182 hey, ratings. A, well, it, think of all you can get for $10. Well, I mean, if you actually want to purchase this thing for some reason, you might as well buy the Steam version, which will probably run better and probably has the creepy uh, Hot Springs related minigame intact. So. Oh, they actually. But wait a minute. Steam that's has twice no, the price. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not in the. Or I, or I um, bought one of those Men in Black things and erased it in my memory. One of the two. I think you might have the erased Steam version is twice the price. <laughs> Not as well rated as uh, the PlayStation version. Well, how many ratings does it have? Let's look. Yeah. I, I am curious now. And it's at 68%. Oh, oh, and it's got DLC. Mujin Sol's Ultimate Unlock Bundle. Mujin Sol's Points Fever Bundle 3. Oh, okay. Okay, Mike. The reviews are mixed. Out of 215 reviews, uh, where does it show me the number? Show me the number, stupid Steam. It's just showing mixed. I'm sorry. That's not helpful. Of course, when I looked for it on Steam, I also saw that Steam is carrying Mugen Souls Z. Well, I can't speak for that game because, thankfully, I noticed what the code Mac had given me was (laughs) before I actually redeemed it. But yeah, our, uh, Trent Seeley, I know, tried to play I'm it. pretty sure it destroyed him. Like, I don't think he's ever been the same after that. I don't think so either. I know he, that he was not able to review it because he didn't finish it. Because no. at RP Gamer, we have a fairly strict set of standards. You must complete the game. Or if you don't complete it, you have to come up with a pretty damn good explanation why in order to review it. 
The game destroyed you. Is I was about to say, case? I didn't yeah. beat the game, the game beat me. I really should invoke that clause. This game drove me temporarily insane. Can I review it without finishing it? This game drove you to alcoholism. Yes. Uh, Alright, so we know not to get that one. Let's go from Z to V with Hyperdimension Neptunia Victory. Developed by DeFactory and Compile Heart. Uh, this was published eh, by NIS America. Uh, this was uh, released on August 30th, 2012 on the PlayStation 3. also came out on the Vita and Microsoft Windows. This is a single-player RPG experience. So who here has played this one? Oh, I'm sorry, Bye-bye. I fell asleep for a minute, just like this game did to me. Yeah, I briefly played... The Vita game fell asleep on you? No, this game made me fall asleep. It's boring. I played V for a few hours, and I said, oh, it's identical to the first two. Okay, I'm not going to... It's, like, slower than the first two, which for games with uh, long dialogue sequences, not not something you want to (laughs) hear. Yeah, I never... haven't loaded this one up. Well, let's see here. I I remember that with with the hyperdimension game you were relatively praising, it was for the combat, and that you just skipped ahead on all the boring, boring stuff they were saying. So we'll get to that one. I'm pretty sure that's on Phil's list. So they made the dialogue worse, is what you're saying? Yes. Like so, and the other one was good because of the combat and because there were some good sequences. And this one kind of didn't have that. And if I recall correctly, I think the dungeon's worse as well. You know, it could always just be that I played this one right after two and just hit fatigue for these systems, but uh, it just kind of bounced right off me. So you didn't get to review this one? Nope. I abandoned ship. I pre-ordered the collector's edition from Nippon EG for some reason. And they said, oh, you're going to get, you're going to collectible tin case. And what I got was a pink lunchbox. Like, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was tin. Truth in advertising. I don't usually see tin colored pink though. That's unusual. Well, it was painted. Yeah. So it was pink and purple and had the girls on it i hid it somewhere in my room and then years later ended up selling it to store for like (laughs) you you didn't feel like taking it to work no i i can't imagine why that's that's just the thing to make you more popular at work yeah i wasn't very popular at any of my oh and that would have made it you don't know that you might have found out that you had some really weird co-workers one of them would have jumped up you're a fan of this too I didn't know you were otaku. What? It could have happened. I'm not saying it's likely, but it could have. Oh, they lost their minds when I had a, uh, I had like a little skull on my desk and they were like, why do you have that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I work for some conservative people and it, I didn't enjoy it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That, that takes the likelihood down significantly. Yeah. Whereas my boss likes to tie dye things. Oh. <laughs> I like my boss. Anyway, I feel as if we're not discussing the actual game much for some reason. Why ever could that be? Yeah, I mean, talk about the cool combat system. No more AP bar. Is was there? I don't know. It was like the same thing. I don't remember. What's the next game on the it list? It was too similar. Let's let's move next. on. Next. This is a good one to move along. Next. Fine, 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 fine. When are we going to get to a Garrus War? Come on. All right. Monster Mon Piece, developed by Pancom Pile Heart, uh, published by Idea Factory, released in North America on the PlayStation Vita on May 27, 2014, and uh, came out worldwide on Microsoft Windows a few years later. This is a single player card battle game. 
yes, car battle RPG a, game, um, something with rubbing mechanics. Holy cow! Yes, this was one of those portable games that should not have been portable because you. Would I mean, not they even have on Wikipedia. They've got a GIF of somebody rubbing the girl on their screen. It's yeah. making me a little uncomfortable. It yeah, should. I, I I liked the gameplay. But I felt like a total perv when they made me rub things, you know. I felt like maybe that part could have been optional, you know. But other than that, it was a semi-decent uh, tactical combat, you know. I, I thought it was a cool system. See, so. I, I played a little bit of this, and I did not get very far, mostly because I, I don't know. If it, it stank of mobile because of all the card packs there were and the rarities and stuff like that. And I just wasn't jiving with that. But the other thing was that, you know, I, I remember going with my husband to go get his haircut and I was sitting there waiting in the little waiting area and I booted up this game and started playing it. And there's an old lady sitting to me and it's, I'm looking at some of these cards and it's like, oh, some of these girls are almost naked on these. Yeah. Perhaps I ought to turn my Vita a little bit at a 45 degree angle so this old lady doesn't think I'm I'm a perv. <laughs> yeah. I ended up putting it down after that. No, I'm on Wikipedia looking at that. That uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but GIF, GIF. I don't know. Anyways, I'm looking at this GIF and or GIF. It's it's GIF. It's not GIF. It's GIF. And I'm just watching this official. guy. He's holding his Vita vertically and stroking with his right hand, trying to yeah hit all the spots so that it <laughs> yeah it, it the Vita could definitely be replaced with something else and you would uh, want that censored probably so i i think it says volumes that i i literally just typed in monster mon piece into google yep. the very first hit monster mon piece naked gameplay yep i didn't type in anything other than the game name and that is what comes right up so yeah because yeah it looks like they did a new version of it for ios and android oh boy yeah, it did. It got ported out as Monster Mon Piece Naked, apparently. Okay. Yeah. So it so, wasn't yeah. a mobile game that originally. Explains. It was a Vita game and then then made its way to iOS and Android. Yeah. Okay. Well, you you could have fooled me because the card battling right. pools just had that all written all over it. No, I, I remember enjoying the combat, but I remember thinking, like, this whole card pack and rubbing system is absurd. Yeah, I, and what I, what, what I played of it, I really enjoyed the combat, too, because it was very strategic. Um, it kind of gave me a little bit of a MOBA vibe with the different lanes yes. that you had to use. Yeah, and it did kind of feel like a card game, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Well, because, you know, Elder Scrolls Legends has the two lanes that you can yeah. use. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not even approved. Per, pervy monster monster girls don't bother me at all. But you know, there's just only so many much pervy monster girl you can take. Right. I have to be in the right mood for it. And yeah. Even then, it's like I'd have to be alone. I'd have to lock my door. You know, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like so, Kleenex so yeah, lotion. No, I'll admit that I play those kind of games, but I yeah, I, I don't want my parents walking while I'm playing it. Because then it's like, well, no, I the, the tissue is in case I sneeze, I swear. <laughs> See, uh. I, I, when, when I play games like that, I'm usually around my husband, and I always show him, like, hey, look at the cleavage on this chick. And he's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I need a girlfriend like that. What's that What's that Vita dungeon crawler? Um, the, the one that's Game kind of... What's that? 
Demon Gaze? Yeah, Demon Gaze. So I was playing. I thought D- you were going to say Valhalla Knights Three. <laughs> I was. It just, it just reminds me of Demon Gaze because I, you know, I just started playing it and nothing. I don't think nothing really, you know, big happens in the beginning. And then I was doing some really dungeon crawling, and I was playing it. Yeah, you know, continuing my game on the plane when one of the end cutscenes happened. You know, the one where the lady's really hot and taking off all of her clothes in bed. And, and like, but they're playing like this just pops up, and I got kids are like, "No, turn it off, off Vita, bad Vita, bad Vita." Yeah, I skipped over Demon Gaze, but I did play that other one, um, Operation like, Tokyo, Tokyo Legacy. Yeah, um, and that one did. Yeah, some of the female characters and enemies were a little um, exposed, but yeah. So I know what you're talking about. See, I thought you was gonna say uh, Criminal Girls. Oh, which is I, another one like that. That's an, I have Criminal Girls too, and again, like okay, interesting characters, interesting combat, but why do you gotta make me do this whole sauna rubbing thing? Come on, so. <laughs> <laughs> because that one they're covered in bubbles, and you've got to rub, and you got to rub pretty hard too on that uh, Vita screen, you know. And that one is even worse because they censored it in America, and, and they, the girls don't moan, and it almost makes it creepier. Stop reminding me of Mary Skelter. There's some, there's another rubbing thing in that. Oh, what's with the rubbing? It apparently is a big seller. Are you saying it rubbed you the wrong way? I might be Hey-o. saying that. Oh. <laughs> hey, Mr. Apps, you yes. played Valhalla Knights 3, right? Oh, for the love of God. That's not an Idea Factory game. It's not. No, it's not... but it has a rubbing game, doesn't it? Nothing. Yeah, and it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's not. I'm just. It's not like. Is there a game with a rubbing mechanic that's good? It's not t- titillating. I can't say that word <laughs> at all. It's stupid. Um, uh, fi- Fire Emblem Awakening. That's <laughs> even worse. That is the stupidest mini game I've ever played. Okay. The most pointless garbage was the oh. mini game in Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh, I, I know one. Um, po- Pokemon. Because <laughs> at least with that, you get the EXP bonus and the friendship it backs. Oh yeah, well yeah, like let's go Eevee, you could do that. Yeah. You could um I think if you're playing in handheld mode, can't you like use touch yeah. controls? I mean, so I did that occasionally, but it's like all right, I don't like that that was a big selling point too, and that was even advertised in the back of the box, I think. And I'm like, well, it doesn't do anything, you know. Um, in the other Pokemon games on the DS, you got an EXP bonus if their hearts were maxed out and they could also survive um critical hits and heal themselves of status okay. ailments and okay yeah so not a not a fan of the rubbing no and uh you know a game has to rub me the right way you know <laughs> i'm a genie in a bottle you know yeah crickets crickets stop reminding me of when christina aguilera did songs that i like <laughs> all right time piece phil are we uh done with that one <laughs> sure why not? Why not? Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on to another another game on the list. Uh, let's try Sorcery Saga: Curse of the Great Curry God, developed by Compile Heart and says here Zero Div. Oh, published that. published in North America by Axis Games. This was released on the PlayStation Vita and Microsoft Windows North America, December tenth, twenty thirteen, on the Vita and much later in Windows. This is a, it uh, looks like a single-player RPG. Yeah, it's a roguelike. Yeah. Ooh, I like myself some roguelikes. Now, I actually played this one and beat this one, and I, I don't remember a lot of the story, 
I think it was very forgettable, but I did enjoy the gameplay because the okay, whole the part- story for this I remember being intrigued by because this was actually the very first Mado Monogatari RPG that ever crossed the ocean, and then of course it uh, got terrible reviews, so I haven't touched it. But yeah, I've played a lot of the Mado Monogatari games and liked them. I don't think like roguelike that kind of roguelike ever reviews well here. Yeah, it is a very weird. All thirty nine people on a. Uh... Steam give it pretty positive reviews. Um, because the whole <laughs> the whole premise of the game was that, and I'm blanking on it, but you've got this little monster that eats curry that follows you around in the dungeon. Hang yeah, on, I yeah. I actually need to look up the story because okay. I completely trying to save your local curry restaurant. Yeah, that is being swallowed up by the big bad curry chain. This is mom and pop store versus Walmart curry yeah. style. Yeah, this had a fun special edition that came with a curry ball. So what is the deal fun. with curry? Like, oh, I don't know. Delicious. What is the deal with curry? <laughs> yeah, like, I can't, even, I can't even find a plot for this, which tells you just how memorable the plot was. What's up with that curry? But it was, yeah, like it's, a, it was some funny, goofy concept. Yeah, but I, I liked having a monster that you could customize that followed you around that would attack monsters, eat monsters. I think its stats or abilities change depending on what kind of curry you fed it. Yeah. And I also think that was like your tired mechanic that your character didn't get tired, but your monster would get hungry. Yeah. And you had to keep bowls of curry around to kind of, you know, keep it from... I don't remember if it went crazy or what, but yeah. That that was basically what you had to do, and it's just a fun little dungeon crawler. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to play it or anything. There's much better roguelikes out there, like uh, Sharing the Wanderer and all the Pokemon roguelikes and stuff. But it was it was passable. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. You know, I I you know there aren't like enough mystery style dungeon or mystery dungeon style games in my opinion. So. Uh, it was good to see another one like this. Yeah, and it and it wasn't uh, knuckle beating hard like roguelikes no. tend to be either. No. It's very casual. No, it's got a fun kind of style to it. So no, it's I, I it's I, it's not going to win any awards or anything. But you know, I don't have a ton bad to say about it. It's yeah, pretty fine. Now that was a game I had thought about getting once while on sale. I mean, would you say it's worth it? Like at a good discount do you like yeah. mystery dungeon games do you like well like, i and the wanderer i i i have a bad relationship with roguelikes then um because no. <laughs> i i did play some shiren and i thought it was okay because i played the, the one on sheeran 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 okay right sorry bad um <laughs> so but then like i liked rogue legacy and i liked so I, i'm hit or miss with roguelikes mm. to be yeah. i mean rogue legacy is not this okay. Yeah, the terminology can get kind of confusing because a lot of people use the word roguelike. Yeah, yeah, they use the word roguelike for anything with some yeah. random elements to it or random screens. And yeah. here we tend to use it, Mike and I, tend to, we're, we're specifically talking about games that, that play very much like the original rogue, turn-based right. RPGs yeah. with random dungeons right. and strict inventory so, management, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Somebody coined the term roguelite to describe things like, uh, you know, like Rogue Legacy and Dead Soul, Dead Cells, and things like that that 
take like take the general idea of a roguelike and apply it to different genres, yeah. game styles, and things like that. I also liked uh, Nuclear Throne, but of course that's a top-down yeah, shoot-em-up kind thing. of yeah. No, and that's yeah, and yeah, this is more a strict like mystery dungeon type game. Yeah, okay. randomly generated dungeons. Yeah. Yep, okay. and the you 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 move, enemies move. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just picked up uh, on Switch? Da- uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer that was on mm-hmm. sale for four bucks, and and that's how that is. But that has the music element to it, which I thought yeah was cool. Yeah, okay. I don't think you'd like this. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I thought he was gonna stay for a minute there. I picked up ZHP Undying Hero. At my respect for you, was about to just go through the roof. Um, wasn't that a good game? Love that game. Oh my gosh, such a good game. All right, well, uh, so that sorcery sucked. Let's keep the the train moving on. And uh, we got Hyper Devotion Noir Goddess Black Heart, developed uh, by Sting and Compile Heart, published uh, worldwide by Idea Factory International. This was released on the PlayStation Vita in North America on February 24th, 2015. And it came out later on Microsoft Windows, April 26, 2016. This is a single-player tactical RPG experience. Take it away. Okay, so I, I played a little bit of this one. Um, I tried. I, it. <laughs> I I tried to give it a fair shake, but I like many other games and, that we're talking about. I just got so bored. Um, my husband always gives me crap about strategy RPGs because he says that ha- on every strategy RPG you play, you spend half your time just trying to get to the monsters so that you can start wailing on them. Yeah. I feel like this one I could show him and be like, yes, I agree with you 100% because some of the fights in this one were just so bl- over bloated and... They were great, I agree. <laughs> Like yeah. one of the first fights that you encounter, or one of the first few fights you encounter, you had to disable a whole bunch of landmines and beat the boss and not touch certain things, and all within like a certain turn number of turns, or it was an instant game over. And, you know, I was enjoying the game up until that point, and then once that mission kind of... I, I had to restart that mission because they didn't, they didn't explain it very well at all. They just said that you would, you know, you could when as long as you uh, disable the landmines or whatever, or that's how they made it sound. Either that or I just can't read with a crap. But just, this could have been a really good game, but because they they had to bloat it with all that nonsensical dialogue and then have kind of a boring combat system on top of that. I love the combat system. I think it's fantastic. And, And that's just, I mean... I I thought it was an okay combat system, but I felt like some of the story fights were just way too... And I was playing on easy, it just felt like they were way too hard. And that's, way too needlessly. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way too needlessly complicated. Yeah, I, I played several hours of it, and um, no, I liked it. I mean, it's not on par with, say, Disgaea or no. Fire Emblem, of course, but... I thought it was better than the main entries. Totally. I mean, I prefer Absolutely. the tactical combat. I like the focus on noir instead of having like eight different little anime girls to keep up with. It was good to just focus on the one and and uh, and she was voiced by the same girl who did Chie, which I thought was neat. So. Yeah. And t- take what I say with a hefty tablet of salt too, because I was <laughs> my memory of yeah. this game is is playing it on the back of a, in the back of the car when we were taking my sick cat to the vet. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Right. And what the what you just described is exactly how I felt about another game that um Mike Apps really likes, uh Natural Doctrine. I can't stand that game because yeah, that's great. Because they just you can't just fight the enemies. There's just so much extra stuff you gotta do, and then all of a sudden no, you open a you knock you down a wall and then there's extra enemies coming at you and yeah. So Well that that's a whole I don't want to. I'm not even going to say anything more about that because that's a whole different conversation. Okay. That game. Okay. Uh, that is a very weird game that you have to play very differently from what you expect. Okay. This game it, it kind of controls like your typical Final Fantasy Tactics inspired uh, tactics game. It's got lots of characters that are. It's got some new characters like based on different game franchises and whatnot. Like I, I pulled up my old review, and one of uh, one of the screenshots is of a not not so subtle nod of some character hiding under a box. Yeah, I I thought that that was cute, and yeah. just a box. A couple of them were a couple of the characters in the base were like that, and that, that I thought was kind of adorable. Yeah, and so this is this is obviously a sting game, and they can make some difficult uh, battle systems. I will say. And so this game definitely definitely ramps up in difficulty the farther you get in the game. And there's some pretty complicated fights. But to me, I really enjoy that because I think too many of these types of games stick too close to just, okay, defeat the other team. And that kind of bores me to tears in most cases. Because you, you, you have to have... You, you, if you're just going to do that, you need to have like rock solid mechanics and like a, a lot behind that to make it good. And uh, I don't think this game does. And it makes up for it by making some weird and interesting fights. Uh, one of the other screenshots I had was of what appeared to be a battle on a soccer field. I don't particularly remember this battle, but there's a lot of goofy stuff like that. Um, I will say the story is bad. It's terrible. Uh, uh, you should pro- you should not waste your time with it. And in fact, whenever a new character is introduced, the game goes out of its way to f- to get to the fan service of the new character, which for everyone, they find a way to, I don't get noir and said new character in a fan servicey position. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. So instead of just like showing you jump, showing you some screenshot or something, they have to actually go through the trouble of making the story get to that point, which is bad. Okay. I I don't know how else to describe it. Like half of the story is getting you to a single screenshot of fan service. Okay. It's, yeah. Well, everybody knows that the fan service isn't what matters. It's how you get there. Because people <laughs> care about the deep and complicated yeah. mechanics required to get fan service it in is. the first place. It's how you get there. Press the start button to skip the dialogue. See the screenshot. Press the start button to skip the dialogue again and get to your next tactical battle, which is actually fun. Because yeah. Sting I would love to, to see the games. I would love to see the focus group testings where they got this feedback. People want to know how did we get to the point where her towel is ripped off while she's leaving the hot springs? People want to know. <laughs> yes, I, I just <sighs> at the very beginning of the game or 
I think when they show the uh, the one stealthy character, they have a very elaborate sequence about having her pe- peep in the shower with you know expertly uh, concealed shower foam. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, stuff like that, and just yeah. But I mean, I uh, I really enjoyed the combat. I like I like the idea of honestly, I think this type of game fits the series better because one of the problems I've always had with the series is there's a lot of characters that are, that are interesting and fun and neat little parodies, but like the Neptune games, you get like three, three characters in your battle party and you're not going to level up all those other ancillary characters. So you don't even really get a chance to use them. So this sort of game lets you use a bunch of the different characters and uh, it's a shame they haven't done another game like this. It just seems to fit seems to fit the series like a glove because you can come up with all sorts of ridiculous par- parodies for new characters. You know, it's what's that's what people really like about this series is like poking fun at the game industry through cute anime girls. That, that, yep, that's the series in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say I bought it based on the fact that Famitsu gave it a 31 out of 40 and I found them to be a little more trustworthy than say like looks like Destructoid gave it a four and a half out of ten. Ouch. Yeah um, oh and there's a DLC character named Sting who is actually based on the developer not the uh, singer songwriter. Yep. The voice. <laughs> and not the sword wielded by Bilbo. <laughs> oh good one. Well like I said maybe I was just I associate the bad memory of that with the game trying oh, to probably. play. It could be, and um, th- there probably were some overly convoluted um, battles in this game, and I mean, to be honest, that's the kind of thing I like, so most people probably don't, so you know, there, there probably are some battles that are too complex in this, but, you know, I, I had a lot of fun fun memories of this game, and just the, the, the whole goofiness of the concept and the different characters, it, it was a lot of fun. Maybe one of these days I can give it another shot. Yeah, you give it another shot. Um, definitely play it on a lower difficulty. I think I, by the time I got later on in the game, I had to turn down the difficulty just because, uh, I mean, normally, if, if I wasn't playing it for a review, I would have just grinded and, like, worked my way through it. But I just want, wanted to finish it, try and get the dang review out in a timely manner. So that is a nice thing in that you can, like, adjust the difficulty down. That's good. Uh, I I think it even I think it like offers it to you as well like if it's, it's easier having trouble with a bevel. Hey, I I played it on easy and I felt like I was still having issues, but <laughs> yeah, I think I want to give it another shot maybe when the Steam version goes on sale because I just don't really play the beta that much anymore. So. Yeah, give it give it a chance. Just like I said, don't don't bother with the story unless you're really curious. It's not worth it. <laughs> and I mean, most of the time the. It's. I don't think it has as much story as the other games. So most of your time is going to be. Um, most of your time is going to be played in the battles anyway. As is the case with most ta- tactical RPGs, battles are generally very long, to the point where you may just need to save mid battles. So you know, this is this is a lot more. This is a lot more uh, gameplay to story ratio than any of the other games in the series. Okay. So I guess next, cool. did we po- did we bore Phil to te- to sleep? Oh, he's playing Guild Wars too. Oh, hey, and you're playing Destiny too. What's up with that wheels? What are you doing? Do you, do you remember who you're talking to? 
Yeah. Okay, Joe. I I see in your comments you're making derogatory comments about the Vita, and that's not fair. The Vita has a lot of good games oh. and has and it's a can, lot of crap. Can I keep? Oh, I love the art. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Oh, mute button. Okay. We wow. thought that you abandoned us. No, um, no, I was monologuing. Okay, no. It was really Listen, good. I, I I love the Vita, but I was just making a clever joke. The it's the little system that just can't even. <laughs> yeah, I I know. And of course, Sony has just made that even more applicable by stopping the manufacture of it. Yeah, but hey, we're still getting games for it into 2020. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on uh, with uh, I believe what is the last uh, proper Mega Dimension doodad game? Mega Dimension Neptunia Seven. Uh, compi- hey, I played this one. Compile hard idea factory V two. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, V2. Uh, this was uh, published uh, by uh, Compile Hearts in Japan and uh, Idea Factory everywhere else worldwide. Anyways, uh, released on the PlayStation 4 North America on February 2nd, 2016, and a few months uh, later on Windows. And, of course, you want the uh, Virtual Reality Edition. Uh, that came out a couple years later. This is a single-player RPG experience, but is it a good one? I don't um, think we can speak to the VR edition. No, no. This was not the VR system seller. That has anything been the VR system seller at this point? No. I think that uh, that little rescue robot mission game. What's that called? I don't know. Astrobot. Yeah, that that's the only like killer app so far. I think. Um, I don't. I I only I had the VR headset for like two weeks and I had the worst motion sickness and I ended up trading it. Anyways, um, so V2 is actually the fourth game in the main series, and the first one on PS4, so that's the one I put the most time into, and so far it's been pretty good. I mean, improved graphics and frame rate, um, but it's the same issue that we've been talking about this whole time, though, with um, the dialogue, you know? Just so many unnecessary little jokes and quips that just kind of bog down the experience, yeah. yeah. So... But, I mean, I, I think the combat is pretty solid in 60 frames per second, you know, 1080p. It didn't get any enhancements from the pro support or anything like that. Um, well, I mean, it, it's, no. as long as it's not, it's, as long as we're past, like, a lot of the slowdowns and stuff that could happen in the older games, then, you know, that's yeah. enough enhancement, quote-unquote, for me. And and so far, it seems like it's a self-contained story because they, uh, they meet this new girl and they're in this place they don't recognize and they're trying to figure out where they are and, yeah. I don't think it's a bad entry point for people who want to get into it, and it typically I've seen it go on sale. I think as low as ten dollars. So, for is that the regular version or the VR version? Oh no, the VR version. I think they still want full price on. Okay, but I can't imagine it would look that good. I mean, on the one hand, it probably won't look as like pixelated as like Resident Evil Seven did, but on, on the other hand, I mean, I don't imagine it would be that spectacular. I don't know. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Did we skip right over the third game? No, that was V, Victory. Yeah, we talked about it briefly and said next. <laughs> yeah, so this is V2, not 7. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we had much to say about V other than this is worse than 2, next. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I would say, yeah, I'm just going to say V2 is probably my favorite so far. I just think it's a big improvement over the first three games. Interesting. So I promised you guys that uh, that uh, that I would let you kind of wrap up your thoughts on the uh, Mega Dimension series of three or four games, or however many were there were of the proper series 
what what do you what do you think? Would you recommend it to people? I would recommend the rebirth uh, versions um, on sale. That's what I got. I I, I don't yeah. feel cheated spending seven dollars for three games right. yeah. for rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I waited for them on sale too. I'm glad I picked them up on Vita at the very least. That way, I can just kind of pick them up and walk away. Yeah. Um, there are worse RPGs out there, certainly, but there are much better ones too. I mean, and there's much worse things released by Idea Factory. Like this, these are some of the better things they've produced, and it, it at least has like a funny concept that occasionally produces good jokes. I think I just think if you're curious, what a bill of sale you've just created for Idea Factory. I mean, this is among the best stuff it's ever done. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's not saying much, but uh, I mean, if if you want to play these games, um, just you know, don't be afraid to skip dialogue or abandon a game if it doesn't do your thing. Yeah, I I definitely need to take the skip dialogue advice because I feel like if I'm not reading every single yeah. little bit of dialogue, I'm not getting my money's worth. But well, yeah, and I I feel like a lot of JRPG fans probably act that same way too. Like they don't want to skip any of this dialogue, and just please don't be afraid to if you're trying to play one of these. I will say that ended up being an issue with me in Rebirth Three, and that's why I ended up giving that one up. Is I mean, I got like ten, eleven hours into it. I got pretty far into it, and I, I started learning that habit of skipping dialogue, and I got to a point where they didn't signpost, they didn't put little stars on your next mission or where you needed to go, and didn't have very clear direction, and I had been skipping dialogue. When I started going to FAQs two or three times in the yeah. evening playing this, I was like, nope, I'm done. But the side games that I played, it luckily was signposted very well so that I could skip almost all the dialogue, but this one... It, different places to go all at once and it was like meh and i don't care to be found hmm okay well i asked you for y'all's opinions and i got a bunch of there's been worse um that was my takeaway there are, there are worse games out there well, well, I, I've, I've said before that you know set Finding out a bad or playing a bad game is easy because you can zero in exactly what's bad about it and tell people about it. Yeah. Playing a boring or mad game is hard because it's going to vary a lot on your mood, a lot on your taste, and oh, just it is so hard to nail down why a game can can be mad. Yeah, and it's such a fun concept that you know it's and it's got like nice character designs that it's something you want to like. Yeah. I, I want to like it more than yeah. I do. So it can be hard to pick these up to say, I don't like this because it's, if it's a concept that you want to like, like it's it, like poking fun at the game industry through JRPG anime girl shenanigans. It's, it's a funny idea. And when they do it right, it's really, really funny. Uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't, exactly recommend people go out and play any of these but if you're curious and you see it for a sale yeah i'm sure the steam versions go on sale all the time they do just you know obviously if you've been if you're listening this far don't expect the world of any of these yeah (laughs) there are no final fantasy 6 no yeah not by a long shot but i mean i think some reviews were overly harsh but um I mean, I, 
I could put him at a seven out of ten. I don't think. I, I think one of them scored like a thirty something on Metacritic. It's like I wouldn't go that low on them. <laughs> you can actually uh, get them. I, I don't know about Steam because I always go to GOG first, but uh, Rebirth one, two, and three uh, are currently on sale for six dollars each. Wow, that's a ripoff. Yeah. I got them all for under ten. <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, the the sales go lower than that. They do. There you go. All right. Uh, well, well let's... I had one final thought. Sure. If you are curious about these things, I may suggest you wait for the new game because it looks good and it's not actually developed by Idea Factory. It's developed by Western developer. So Correct. It may, it may be the good one. Might be the good one. Yep. You heard it here first. Uh, I'm curious about that new one. Super Neptunia RPG. It looks like it's going to have some platform. It's going to have a more traditional turn-based combat. It looks like so. Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah. Oh, the combat. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. The um. No, but I. You know what? I like Valkyrie the profile. Not. And... I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Fixing up my Valkyries. No, there's some really interesting artwork. I would definitely check that one out. It comes out next week. So. All right. It's 2D. Yeah. We're getting away from a uh, 3D. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's get away from this because we still got two more games left. Uh, we do. Uh, Fairy Fencer F, developed by Compile Heart, published by NIS America, and uh, this was released originally on the PlayStation Three on North America on uh, September 16, twenty fourteen. We then got Fairy Fencer F Advent Dark Force. Uh, released later on the PlayStation 4, uh, and you got a PC version, and according to the notes here, a Nintendo Switch version even. Uh, so yeah. you can play Ad- Advent Dark First a number of different ways. Uh, so all over the place. And this was this was the one that um, that I was challenged to play. Uh, so. Uh, did anybody else play this? Did you play it, Mike? Someone, someone on this very cast gave me some PSN money, said, go buy this with it. So I figured, oh, I should go give somebody, this certain somebody, some Steam money to buy something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Was I the only one who played this? No, I've played it. I like this game. Okay, all right. So, uh, boy, uh, this one has a little bit of a story to it, right, Mike? Does it? It does. Uh, so it's. I didn't say it was a great story, but uh, well, uh, I but, it has to make fun of its own story. It, it does. Stories, right? Uh, so uh, this was. Uh, I'll just read a little uh, from the notes here. A long time ago, there was a conflict between a goddess and an evil god. Uh, the two deities didn't fight each other directly, but uh, they created a large number of special weapons for others to use. Uh, eventually, these powers became sealed. And vanished from the world. Uh, fast forward to modern times where these leftover weapons are called Furies. And the warriors that wield them are called Fencers. Fury weapons are said to be incredibly powerful. So Fencers are constantly scrambling to acquire them. Uh, by a strange coincidence, two Fencers, Fang and Tiara, get caught up in a struggle between the goddess and the evil god. That is brought to you by Wikipedia. But um, yeah, this is referenced. Oh, I like to get my credentials there. I didn't, I didn't write that one. Uh, this is referenced often. You know, throughout the game, and then uh, the the furies, uh, essentially these weapons you find, uh, also have their own personalities because they they got spirits uh, that are basically you know talking the entire time along with the rest of the party and are very opinionated and very funny at times. Uh, so the dialogue uh, can be pretty pretty cute. Um, and uh, and and as you are 
working through the game, there's a place you can go uh, when you're in town uh, where you can see the two statues, the two deities. They, they've been turned into statues. And you can, and and they basically seem to be encased in stone that's tied into their flesh with uh, with swords. And you can basically um, activate those swords by fighting the monsters in them. Doesn't make sense, but bear with me. Uh, and if you win, then it will the sword will come out. You'll get a little bit of a power boost or something out of it, and that little chunk of stone will come off. And as you work through the game the the deity that you are working on will will eventually become completely uncovered uh and you get to pick whether you want to go with the quote unquote good god or the evil god did you go with the evil god apps i didn't finish it but i would have based on the main character <laughs> um who does not care about any of the shenanigans he wants to be fed where's yes. my food he he just wants a good solid meal and does not want to deal with any of this JRPG bull bullshit. He just he just wants yeah. a meal because she comes at when he pulls when he gets this weapon in this this uh, this uh, fairy or whatever fury fairy whatever comes out and she's like I'm a fairy. He's like oh like a fairy that grants wishes. Great, give me food. She's like yeah we're gonna have great adventures to get no give me food. Where's my wish? I want my food. It, it, it's, it, it, yeah, it is. It is pretty funny. I did enjoy the the dialogue, and later on, you pick on other characters, and they have some interesting. They're partnered with some interesting theories, making for some good dialogue and dynamics. Oh, and also, the funny part of the beginning of the game is the main character gets himself thrown into dungeon into the dungeon because he'll get food there. Yeah, and he's just like, "Why would I want to leave? They game. feed me. Yeah. They feed me yeah. here. Why would I want to leave?" Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm in the positive column, I will say, and, and it was one of our listeners who challenged, uh, challenged me, you know, to play this game. He's like, this game isn't so bad. Um, I, I will say it started off, uh, certainly on a good food. I, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the dialogue. The combat reminds me, uh, pretty much of like the hyper dimension games. It's, it's kind of yep. a turn-based deal. Um, but you can move around so many spaces inside of a, an arena that's uh, the battle arenas always feel pretty small to me. So it doesn't feel like a very tactical game. Um, but obviously, if you clump all your characters together, you might be opening yourself up to, for an AOE. Um, but um, you do have a couple of resources to manage. I forget exactly what they're called, but you can do special attacks every so often. You got spells you can do, uh, you know, on certain characters. And some of those fights were pretty pretty tough or i just didn't grind enough uh because because you know it can it can hit you pretty quick at level 10 or so uh some of these guys really start beating the crap out of you and i was running and healing a lot and down to two characters and using the using the items a lot uh, to try to pull through those fights uh how far did you get apps uh, i don't remember to be honest uh i played the original ps3 version say maybe 10 hours in or so but um uh, I think it probably got a little too long in the tooth at some point, but I mean, well, and that's that's exactly it. Like the, the so the dialogue is really cute. I enjoyed that. the The battle system was nothing to write home about, and most people listening to me know that I really, really enjoy myself some good battle systems. Yeah. And and if a game has a boring battle system and a great story, uh, I may not suffer through it for very long. Uh, I'd rather have the other way around if I have to choose one over the other. Of course, it's great yeah. to have both. But, uh, you know, here, what makes this even worse 
is pretty much as you just said there, Mr. Apps. Uh, the, the game gets the game gets uh, gets to a point where the cutscenes are getting a little bit shorter and a little bit more sporadic, and then this this problem is exasperated by the, the at least the the need I felt to, to start grinding because I was yeah. getting my butt kicked by some of the bosses and. I pretty much felt like I was maximizing what little strategy there is and uh, the opportunities to level up my characters or, or get them the best weapons. There's an item, an, an unnecessary item creation system in there and, and, and other things. And I was doing everything I could to optimize that. Uh, but it, it just felt like I was just under level of the enemy. So I would go and pick a pick a, an area and start grinding it up. And it just seemed like even at level 12, 13, 14, 15, it seemed like it was just taking forever to level up. The fights are pretty quick if you're just grinding against trash mobs, but yeah. it seemed like it took so many to to get a level. And, yeah. Um, it, uh, I yeah. I haven't really uh, played the re-releases of this yet. I wonder if they've, like, well, that, to any of that. That's, I know that that, that's what I played. There's some, you played... Um, Advent Dark Force. Advent Dark Force? Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess not. <laughs> I mean, it, it might be better than it was before. It might have been, been even worse. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't have a point of reference there. But it just, and I wouldn't say it was, you know, I wouldn't say it was completely egregious, but it, it definitely put the game from kind of interesting, and I want to see what dialogue happens. And the, the plot is nothing to write home about, right? Um, no, the the world building is okay, you know. It's it's a nice concept, but it's nothing earth shattering, and they don't flesh out all that much. It's, it's the dialogue a, that kind yeah, of it's it's a game that makes fun of JRPG tropes that has all those tropes in it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's it was fun and, and everything, but yeah, it just uh, at a point there, it was starting to get um, yeah long in the tooth, as you said, and it just yeah, well, I got everything sitting on the shelf. I still haven't got through Persona Five, for example. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to go back to something a little bit more entertaining. Uh, I would say it's a bad game. And if I had to review it, I would have stuck with it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. No, it's it's fun. And like the dialogue has lots of really, really funny moments. Yeah. And and it it's also. Almost, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's almost like the opposite problem of Neptunia, which had, probably has too much dialogue and not enough gameplay. I think one could probably have used some more of that funny dialogue and maybe make the, the gameplay experience a little smoother. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, we usually we usually um, spoil stuff. When I'm playing a game, I don't usually go out and try to read spoilers. Uh, but I do understand that this game has a little, a, a very cool twist, roughly halfway through, which I didn't get that far. But and look through an FAQ, I just happened to see. So I mean, it, it's something that's like, oh, that that kind of reminds me of something you might see in like Final Fantasy VI or or whatever. It was a, it looked like an interesting twist that, yeah, at some point maybe I'll go back and play through it so I can experience it for myself. Um, but you get a little, uh, let's say, Final Fantasy VI twist with a little Groundhog Day action, uh, and you'll get a ch- wow. an opportunity to make some different choices, and maybe different different things will happen. Maybe people will or won't die that maybe didn't didn't die before. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's worth yeah. checking out. For like I said, they they kind of throw some really cool and interesting things in there, and again, you know, I really love the dialogue. But I think it's got some music from Yuumatsu uh, uh, as well. Yeah. It just, or it was um, maybe it wasn't someone from Final Fantasy had some small involvement in this game. I, yeah, uh, I forget exactly who. New new guy and I were talking a, a bit about you know some of the you know some of the I, I, you know speaking of RPG tropes 
you know, and I mentioned that one of the problems with 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 RPGs in general is that they'll take a story or something that if it was an action game, it would last ten hours, um, and they'll make it a forty-hour experience by by because the combat system is slower by nature, and they drag it out. There's leveling up mechanics, so you have to go out and grind and 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 work on skill points and things like that. And and at the end of the day, if the with the more bland games, those level up experiences really just come out to like stat boost and extra attack power but the monsters get extra hit points so it's still the same three hits and the game doesn't fundamentally grow as you progress through the game in a mediocre rpg and i think this game kind of epitomizes it had it stuck to a shorter faster formula it doesn't feel like you're really getting uh combat changing skills as you level up Uh, you're getting more powerful skills you're putting points into you know attributes uh you i mean you do get don't get wrong you can put points into unlocking uh, a couple of different skills but many of them just feel like more powerful versions of the older ones they don't really open up the game anything major it's nothing earth shattering there so i really think if they had smoothed out the grind for this it would have been a much better game yeah and, yeah and easier to recommend easier to recommend and just stuck to it because uh, man you hit if you think you're getting through the game just fine you hit some of those boss walls and again and again i wasn't even halfway through the game and those boss yeah. balls were like, ah, you're not level 18 yet? <laughs> Sucks to be you, you're dead. So, um, yeah, just just really tough. And, and because of it, I mean, and I hate to just, the save point can sometimes be a bit far back and stuff, and, and I'm just kind of stubborn. So I would sit there through these fights that would go on for 20 minutes or more um, because I was I was just, you know, dying, but another guy would resurrect him and just kind of, you know how it is in an RPG where you only start off with three or four characters? Oh, that's another thing. But you know how you start with only three or four characters in a fight, and if one or two go down, then you're in a battle of attrition because you only got one or two characters left, and then he keeps knocking one of you down, you resurrect him, and you knock him down, you resurrect him. It's just yeah. a matter. Yeah. You, I got in those situations a lot early on in Fairy Fencer F. Now, it, it doesn't help also that you don't get some of your characters until hours in, and what that means is that you're playing through the first half a dozen hours with just, well, the first few hours with just one character which really just makes the combat just go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and then yeah. later on, you get a second character, woo-woo. Um, and I tell you, when you got the third character, I'm just like, oh my gosh, the battles are finally manageable. They're, they're easier. I'm not, I mean, you know, they're, they're just less grueling. I don't even think easy is the right word. It's not a question of whether or not I can figure out the strategy in the fighting. It's just a question of whether or not I have enough uh, healing items to outlast this guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, Fairy Fencer F, check it out. Um, or don't, and say you did. So <laughs> Check it out uh, for cheap. For cheap. For cheapsies. Yeah. Another one. Uh, now, help, help, help me understand something real quick. Is the Dark fin- or the There's two games, right? Or is it just the one? It's just the one. Just the one. Okay. Yeah, it's just an updated version of the other Okay. One. Yeah. yeah, it's and not you, new or anything. You generally want to get the, the updated version if you have a choice. Okay. Especially for especially developer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so our last game that I have on our top ten list of memorable experiences. Uh, <laughs> ah, memories. What's so funny, Phil? <laughs> oh, is it aggressive? What's coming? <laughs> Oh, we're gonna end this. We're gonna end this segment in pain as we talk about Mary Skelter Nightmares, developed by Compile Heart and Bad Idea Factory, published by the same here in North America. 
Uh, this was released on the PlayStation Vita on September 22nd, 2017. This is a single-player RPG experience, and it did later come out on Steam and GOG, which is great because you definitely want to play this DRM-free. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, who in the world could talk about this game? Oh, you, you know, Mike hasn't talked in a while. I bet you Mike could say a few words. Hey, Phil, how did I end up playing this game? Do you remember anything to do with that? You know, I, I, I believe that somebody somebody who, who, who's looking out for you was just looking at online reviews and noticed that, for example, Mary Skelter Nightmares on GOG has 4.4 out of 5 stars. Good ratings, good review scores across the board. I said, look. A, a, an idea factory that's scoring well. I bet you Mike would like this. And, and you saw that we don't, RP Gamer didn't have a review. So you thought, why don't I help us? Yeah. Why, do I, why, why don't we just, you know, do something nice for Mike, do something nice for the site? It's just time for me to give back. Well, I can say, Kelly, I believe you can speak to this, that Anna of the site apparently had a much different experience than i did oh yeah she she loved every minute of it she um every minute well i don't want to say every minute but she enjoyed it quite a bit and was giving it rave reviews on rpg cast and it made me put it on my christmas list that year and my my mother-in-law of all people got it for me of course she has no idea what it was she just looks at my amazon list and pops it in her cart but it's on my um, to playlist at some point. Good. Your to playlist or your to lick list? Because there's a lot of licking in this game. Well, I mean, it depends. Do Vita cartridges taste nasty like Switch cartridges? Oh my gosh, do not stick a Switch cartridge in your mouth. It's horrible. Uh, yes, okay. Kids, um... don't try that at home. I feel as if that would be deleterious to the status of your cartridge also. You're, you're generally told to keep moisture away from them. And Well, to be fair, when I'm in the car and I'm switching out cards, I, I tend to like kind of put them in between my lips so that I don't drop them down the seat. That would be wise. Once upon a time, we had cartridges that were actually large enough. It wasn't easy to lose them. Yeah. With, with Vita cards, that's pretty easy. If you weren't paying attention, you could lose it forever. Yeah, I was uh, swapping out Vita cards once on the kitchen table, and the cat just slapped it right off the table. And that's why, I, well, I don't have a cat right now, but I they have cases for a reason. God darn it, yeah. I'm going to use yeah. those cases. Even if the uh, cases are about a hundred times the volume necessary to hold the cartridge now. Oh, it's just one of those things like, I'll just set this down for a second while I swap cards and, oh, lovely, you think that's a cat toy, and there it goes. Okay. Oh, cats. Gotta Very love them. nightmares. Yeah, we're stalling, aren't we? We are. I, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why I wouldn't want to discuss every last detail of this game that I somehow sank about 70 hours into because that's that's what I do. If I'm going to review something for the site, I give it everything I have. And Okay, let, let me start with a mechanic that I can't justifiably claim is too terrible 
it's having a map. Maps are a good thing, but I've been spoiled by Etrian Odyssey because I like my maps to come with me being able to put down notes, come back here. Oh, this is a trap. Oh, I might want to pay attention to this. And you, you can't do that in this game. It has lengthy, long dungeons where being able to note, oh, I, maybe if I need to come back here once I can come back here so I can reach the next dungeon, that would have been really useful thing, a really useful thing to note down. Otherwise, I would have had to write it down on, on paper, which is a habit I've gotten out of lately. Okay, I, I suppose I should dispense with the the wonderful, tremendous, terrific narrative, and you may throw in your own additional adjectives to apply how wherever you like. This is a story where you play Jack. Jack and Alice, they are prisoners in the jail. You don't see this, you just hear it, but they get tortured by the jail every day. Until Red Riding Hood busts them out of the jail. But wouldn't you know it, the jail is just a portion of the larger jail. Which is a living thing, apparently. And Alice and Red Riding Hood are the first two members of your team. Later you will get to meet Snow White and Rapunzel and Thumbelina and Cinderella and Gretel. Yes, she has a brother named Hansel. He, um, he doesn't join you. And... Who else am I forgetting? Oh, of course, Princess Kaguya. I guess I need to bone up on my Japanese literature more because I don't immediately recognize the Kaguya legends. But Cinderella, Snow White, Rapunzel. Oh, and of course, Sleeping Beauty. We mustn't forget Sleeping Beauty, whose defining characteristics are that she will fall asleep in your company because she's a narcoleptic, I guess. And that she has enormous breasts because that was very important information. We needed to have that conveyed to us. And, you know, I swear I've I've shared the artwork of this game once upon a time, but let's just – everyone knows that that's what Cinderella looks like, right? When you think Cinderella, you think wearing a Chinese slit dress, gigantic bust, and although you can't see it in that picture, she is also a kung fu fighter. <laughs> because, of course, of course, Cinderella is a kung fu fighter. We know that. Yeah, no, that's that. Middle image that immediately came to my mind when I first heard that story. Uh, okay, so your story is that you've got a home base where some people are ostensibly. Man, we've got to keep exploring the jail so that we can find a way out. Hmm, boy, it's really hard to do that. Jack, your ability to squirt the girls with your blood in order to calm them down is really helpful. You should go with them. Oh, I, did, I guess I didn't mention that part yet, because that's kind of a game mechanic, too. But the girls have been fighting on their own until now. But now that they have Jack's help, because equipped with a handy-dandy syringe that he that is constantly jabbed into his arm so that Jack can squirt his blood on them whenever they need it, they will not go into their skelter state, which involves them losing their minds for a while and attacking everything in sight until they calm down. If he squirts blood on them, they calm down without going crazy. As, as of course, they would, because, uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? You're looking at Cinderella. Here, I'll show you Sleeping Beauty, too, because, uh, again, th this is the pertinent parts of the Sleeping Beauty story, I think, that her back must be about to break from the weight of those things on her chest. Those are some pertinent parts there. 
they very much are. They might even be called perky pertinent parts, but I shouldn't go too far with the alliteration. So that's your mechanic. You will go and explore different parts of the jail. The girls do the fighting. Jack can't fight, but he can squirt them with his blood in order to calm them down. And he can use items. The girls can't use items for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, and they have their various their various functions. Oh, yes. And if it's not if they get splattered with enemy blood, well, then they will eventually go crazy in a good way. If they get splattered with enough enemy blood, then they'll enter it's not Mary Skel it's not Skelter State, it's something different, but they get for a couple of turns free use of all their skills and they're more powerful. So they can just rip through the random encounters because if you know what the weaknesses are, you will tear through these things and get splashed with their blood all the time, and that will just excite all the ladies, and they will be constantly in a state of able to use their their abilities with no cost for a couple of turns, which helps out, but I really don't want to read into it any more than that because it's kind of an unsavory mess. And eventually, you will reach the end where, in true Idea Factory fashion, if you didn't know exactly what you needed to do all the way along, then you will get a crappy ending that will demand that you restart unless you have a file a file save that goes pretty far back. And here's what you need to do, because I want to spoil this and I don't want people to have fun with it. You need, there will be portions when you are able to go check around in town. You need to go to a certain place. There's no other hint about this. Just go there. You will find, look at this secret monitoring room. Could it be that all those eyeballs we see in the dungeon are actually cameras? Are we being watched? The answer is yes. And then that doesn't pay off again until near the end. Oh, and there's a secret character you have to know to go find her. She's in a place that you would have never gone to otherwise. That, that's important. Then you will get to the last dungeon. You will go through it. You will have several choices to make. You will need to know exactly the right item to use, which you haven't talked about in about 40 hours, so it better be fresh in your mind. And you better know the exact answers to take when accusing the certain culprit of what's happening. And then, only then, will you get the real ending, which tosses you back, which eventually tosses you into a new game plus where a brand new dungeon opens, which is huge and boring, and I eventually stopped because it was way too damping. Uh, this is another one, just like many of those we've talked about prior tonight, where a lot is said without actually saying much at all. However, of course, we do get to know the defining characteristics of each of the girls. Red Riding Hood, for instance, she really, really likes her hood. It makes her feel secure. And if she has to take her hood off, she gets really antsy. Alice eventually does have a characteristic. I can't remember what it is right now, though. Sorry. She comes from Alice in Wonderland, so take your pick, whatever that might be. Snow White, well, she's she's very, very pale, and she's very helpful, and she apparently has medicinal training. I don't remember her e eating an apple, though. It's mentioned, but it's not actually shown. Sleeping Beauty, well, we, sh we know what she's like. She falls asleep when she's around people she likes. She, most of her dialogue consists of, I'm tired, morning. Cinderella. Again, kung fu fighter. She likes to run a lot. And, oh, yes, she is compelled to clean things. If she sees a dirty floor, she cannot resist the temptation to go clean it. Princess Kaguya. Uh, she's really, really lazy. Everyone likes to remark on how lazy she is. She doesn't actually walk anywhere. She has a funky kind of hover chair that takes her through the dungeons. Don't ask me how they did that in a place where supposedly we're having to carve things out of the pieces of the dungeon that we've carved, that we've taken into town. 
I, I don't understand it. Gretel. Gretel is coldly an analytical. Yes, she does have a brother, Hansel. Hansel, you unfortunately have to kill because gigantic, ugly thing that even though he can kind of speak, we're, we're not supposed to. We can't take him back. He has to die. Rapunzel. She has a lot of hair. She is a little girl. Rapunzel, when you first find her, is depicted as having a single eyeball poking through her massive hair. And she doesn't like to wear clothes because this is apparently something that needs to be taught to her. I'm forgetting. It doesn't matter. These are the main things. You get to know all of them because everybody comes with you. You eventually have a total of ten girls and Jack, the blood squirter. We're going to conquer this dungeon, and we're going to do it through standard random turn-based encounters in a gigantic dungeon that is mapped for you and is not as interesting as it should be because I will give it a pro- I will give it some positives here. The dungeon designs initially are interesting. Gretel's initial des- dungeon looks like it comes out of a freak haunted house. There are moving chairs. There's goop on the floor. After you've gone through about six floors of it, though, it stops being quite as entertaining and becomes more... Uh, I'm sick of this. Let's see here. Standard mechanics. There is a class change system. You have to go back to town to do it. You can't change class freely. You have to get job rights. You get job rights by gaining levels. And once you have enough job rights, you can change your job. And you want to unlock everything for every character because their abilities carry over between their classes. And, of course, each one of the jobs has a new outfit. That's, That's very important. And you see the outfit every time the girl does an attack in battle because why wouldn't you? And especially you can you can look at Sleeping Beauty and take a wild guess as to what most of her ac- outfits accentuate. You, you come up with stuff. You take it back to town. You sell it. Ah, yes, yes. The, I, the affection mechanic. Yes, romance is far too strong. Affection is what they call it. You have a limit of 99 items, types of items in the dungeon. And lots of enemies will just dump things on you that are only useful, only useful when you go back to town and give them to a girl in her room. And they don't all like everything, but they do like the same thing. If you give a girl a cheap poultice once and then you give it to her ten more times, she'll like it just as much the tenth time. You you can speak to this, right, Kelly? I mean, if your husband gave you the same thing 17 times in a row, you would like it equally each time, right? I mean, it depends if it's, well, I, I would say eat sushi, but even sushi, I would get sick of eventually. Um, well, you can give it to her as many times as you want. You can give it to her 30, 40, 50 times. She'll like it just as much each time. Yeah, there'd be diminishers. I'm sorry. <laughs> or let's see, if your husband gave you a boring comic book, you would love it, right? Uh, The first time, out of irony. <laughs> this is one of the gift items. There are many. And it is described as boring comic book, or tin-plated toy, or antibacterial scarf, or charred newt, or one-eared teddy bear, or broken umbrella, or torn pillow, or spiked baseball, or old basketball, or dark makeup. I wrote these things down at one point because I just couldn't believe some of the things that I was getting that the girls ostensibly wanted (laughs) and keep in mind you will often get these things as battle rewards and or your high-end fragrance steel attache case novelesque planner foxy sunglasses an ornamental elf holographic watch golden lettuce 
talking Moai statue, iron fist gloves, near broken radio, fine minotaur steak. These are just some of the many, many things that you will get loaded down with and you can either sell them in town or you can just give them to the girls. And once you find that somebody doesn't like it, you find something she does like, you give her all of that. Thank you, Joe. The, the Simpsons is more entertaining than anything I'm talking about right now. No, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no, I wrote, if someone kept giving me steak, I'd like it just as much each time with a baked potato, sour cream, portobello mushrooms, A1 steak sauce. Mm. I, I could see that. I think uh, Mike was de- definitely uh, was I far there. But, uh, no, no. <laughs> Not with the specific items that you were mentioning. Not at all, no. no. I did not hear... And again, since they are named, right. I can't help but... Yeah. Re- or sturdy sandbags. Those are a popular thing to give to girls, right? What Wait a minute. I live in Florida. I need some sturdy <laughs> sandbags about, you know, once every five years when the hurricanes come. But that means you would like them equally as much if someone just gave you 15 of them all in a row and said, here, have them. And you don't need them until the next hurricane season. Got me there. Or how about acute insectivore? I'm not sure what acute insectivore qualifies as. <laughs> you, you, you got me with that one. Maybe an anteater? Are anteaters cute? I mean, skunks are insectivores. Do other uh, skunks possibly? and insectivores they may be? Are they cute? I, that's a mm. subjective item. Oh, the meatless pancake. That's right. What? That is a genuine item. You can give meatless pancakes. Everyone knows and loves them. But I, the kind of pancakes I eat. Or a partial sewing set. Partial. Or a ruptured beach ball. Or an ugly meteor chunk. Or a modern ancient tome. Well, which is it? (laughs) Which is it then? Uh, that, That is the name. I cannot give you any more information than modern ancient tome. Is it modern or ancient? Which is it? I'm sorry. I have no further information. (laughs) Oh, a dribbling specimen. Doesn't that sound appealing? So, okay, you've got all of this junk. I'm sorry. I'm I'm projecting. I shouldn't have done all of these potentially wondrous things. Uh, You get them through either buying at the store. You get them through the dungeons. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's right. I didn't explain how you get things. The inventory in town never changes. You get things through random encounters with merchants in the dungeons. Doesn't that that sound great? Yes, I love it when I'm out of healing items and have to rely on random happenstance to get to healing items. Who doesn't? I... I can't think of a way this mechanic could have been improved, especially when the random d- merchant doesn't even carry the same thing from all the time. It it depends on which floor you get him. Random and which merchant is random. Him. Yep. And then there's the nightmares. These are, these are fun. These are like FOEs, except you can't beat them until you've beaten the boss of the dungeon. Then you have to beat them. You can knock them down before that. They will be knocked down in real time. You must get away from them in real time, or else they will get up and start chasing you again. And you fight them in real time. If you take too long in a turn-based game to choose your actions, its turn will advance. So if you take a little while to think, suddenly you will find that instead of five people getting to go, one person gets to go and then the nightmare hits you again. Isn't that a great idea? 
Well, what else do you expect from Great Idea Factory? But great ideas. I know, but that's why I have to explain it, because this is an idea I, whose like I haven't seen before. And it, it deserves to be shared with the world. A turn-based dungeon crawler with, with combat that requires real-time action? Sign me up! I know! Everyone loves it! Wait, didn't they just take that from Final Fantasy? Like, when Final Fantasy, what was it, 4, that first brought that whole active turn-based bar that if you take too long, the enemy's going to get extra turns? But you can have it so that it doesn't advance while you're in a menu. That doesn't. That does not apply here. Ooh, ooh, and I forgot. There are three difficulty levels. Here's an important part of the difficulty selection. On the lowest difficulty level, the map stays with you when the nightmare is close and you're in, around. On higher difficulty levels, it doesn't. The map vanishes while you're trying to r- run away in real time. Isn't that great? You get to try and remember the dungeon layout instead of having it there to see. And you can't take your time or else the nightmare is going to get there and attack you. Ooh, ooh, even better. If you get into a random fight while you're being chased by the nightmare, it will keep moving towards you and in real time. So you have to kill those other things as quickly as possible or else it's going to get closer. And it can attack you from a distance while you're fighting the other things and there's nothing you can do about it. Doesn't that sound great? You're overselling it a bit much. I mean, I'm just riveted at how awesome this all sounds. I have to go and buy my copy now. I know, I gotta buy it just to see how bad it really is now. I don't know. If I I don't oversell it, then I'm not doing it justice. (laughs) Let's see. There's some issues here that might be fixed coming up soon, though. The obviously inferior copy. (laughs) We haven't gotten to that yet. We can't speak to what they're going to do. We can't. We can't speak to how it might be changed for the Switch. Uh, oh, 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 I didn't... This only happens twice in the game. These are, instead of just directly fighting the Nightmare, you go through a brand new segment where you haven't been here before, so you can't have mapped it. So you're exploring it in real time, and you have to find the the exits and entries to each floor, because it's multiple floors, where you have to find a trap to hit the, the Nightmare with, or you can try and march right up and fight it, but you can't... Uh, the entire floor of this new area is subject to being attacked by the nightmare. You can't do anything about that. So it can hit you while you're moving around without even getting into a random battle. And then you, oh, I didn't mention this either. The real time aspect is complete. You can't go into the menu when the nightmare is pursuing you. So you can't heal after a fight. You, and you can't go into the map either. There are just so many ways it's a great idea that I can't remember all of them simultaneously because it goes against all of your usual senses. Let's see what else. And then, and then there's the more the more mundane things such as, oh, it told me that I need to go to this dungeon, but it didn't tell me how to get there. So I was wandering around for a couple of hours trying to find the entrance until I finally bought, gave up, looked at YouTube – Oh, I have to go there? That place I couldn't go before because it was arbitrarily blocked off, and now it's not arbitrarily blocked off anymore? Thanks, game. Thanks for making it easier for me. Let's see here. It was really long. Oh, that's right! The wonderful, wonderful part. Near the end, there's a statue blocking your way. You have to use a specific item on it, and the game was glitching on me so that I couldn't get it to register that I had the item in my possession. And I bumped into that stupid statue 
a hundred times or so before I finally did something right. I don't even remember what to have it acknowledge. Yes, you have the item necessary to put into this thing to make it vanish so you can progress. That that was just wonderful. What else am I not? What haven't I explained about this game? Lay it on me. What do I need to say? Well, I've heard you talk about this on at least two other episodes, so I, it, it's hard to have ranted about today <laughs> compared to what you have ranted about. I mean, you devoted before. a full review to ranting about what makes this game not very good. Yes, I, I oh. believe I can speak to that one. I did forget the rubbing mechanic, of course. We must tie it in with the other games tonight. When you are in town, you can choose to use a whole bunch of Jack's blood to rub all over an image of a lady who's in a swimsuit, of course, while she moans and says, oh, oh, careful. Ah, ah. And when she's when you're done, when you've gotten the rubbing done because it's time limited, then she'll just start sparkling almost as if she walked out of Twilight. <laughs> and she'll have a boost when she goes into the dungeon but you only need to do it once then you can auto rub her next time instead of going through that sequence again okay. doesn't that sound great auto rub it, it allows you to skip rubbing the screen yourself it yeah. just assumes that you did it right that sounds useful but you have to do it right the first time if you if you don't get her 100% rubbed the first time, then she'll be incompletely rubbed. You'll have wasted some blood, and you'll have to go into a dungeon so that Jack can walk around and recharge his blood. This sounds like most other slices of life. If you don't rub it right the first time, you're not yeah. getting a second time. No, he, he can do it again. Yeah. He, we just have to go into a dungeon and get his blood recharged. This sounds like a really bad porn. <laughs> This whole game sounds sure like it, a really bad porn. I'm sure it has been made into that at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> Again, look at those images of the ladies, and then, okay, I should mention that there is some voice acting. Disney, and the the voice acting is actually in English, and it's good. It's follow. It's fine. The the ladies, the cast does a a good enough job. I just can't really say this was worth your time, actors and actresses. This was definitely a payday you can be proud of in the future and put at the top of your resume. I I cannot unfortunately say that. And then there's the prevalence of scenes where you are just told what's happening instead of actually seeing it because they were too lazy to animate anything other than the basic sprite. Not even sprites, just 2D artwork of the girls. But that's not a particularly unusual malady, so it doesn't top the charts for me on this game. The games tonight did not have a lot of animation and cutscenes or anything like that now. Nope. No. Nope. That would involve putting more work into it and we know Compile Heart is rarely about actually working on something. It's just coming up with a notion and then throwing it out. Well, that sounds super exciting. Sounds like sounds like it was a fun game with just a couple of drawbacks, just a couple of some some opportunities to make it a ten out of ten, right? Just a, just a couple of missed opportunities there. Bill, so close. Bill. So close. You are forgetting the site scoring metric that we use. We don't have tens out of ten. We have two out of five. <laughs> yes. All right. So very close to our perfect five out of five score. We like to see. Uh, so close. Indeed. So close. The, the, I only would have had to change a couple of tweak text tweaks in order to make it qualify for that. Because as you know, we only look at the score when we review when we proof our reviews. That's well, it. 
and I think I think I know where where they might be able to pull that off. Yeah, uh, you know, with the with the because because they're making a Mary Skelter too, right? Which is going to take the success of the original and, and make it even better. And, and that's coming out on the Nintendo Switch and and PC. I mean, it's coming out everywhere. Uh, oh, but Phil, it's even better than that. Yeah, you get you get a remastered and fixed version of the first for free right when you buy the second. Right, that's absolutely true. Uh, so what we're doing here at RP Gamers, because we want Mike to experience this, is we are starting a, a Patreon collection, whatever the hell it's called, a Kickstarter. We're going we're to put together a collection just so we can make sure Mike gets a copy of the new approved Mary Skelter 2. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just reach out to me at jcservantrpgamer.com. We'll make sure to get you get you that link so you can contribute to... Uh, the C Mike, uh, C Mike, uh, stuff. I mean, enjoy the new Mary Skelter two game fund. Yeah, hey, I'm not gonna this, do that. This is a GoFundMe that I will happily contribute a buck or two. GoFundMe. That's that's what it is. Yeah, GoFundMe. <laughs> Please boggle my brain with the generosity of people who want to see RP Gamer get a review of it because uh, that will probably happen. There is a nine-minute trailer on YouTube. You know, like, what? yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, Devoted I to the rubbing. I, it is nine minutes of rubbing action. I don't even know how that works on the PC. You just take the <laughs> mouse, you start squiggling it around. I suppose. Uh, it's like a clicker game. It is for the Japanese, uh, Japanese edition. I will say, so far, none of the ladies. Um, assets are quite as big as that one picture you shared so maybe they toned it down a tiny bit or or maybe they just decided to keep her out of the trailer it's not gonna sell mm-hmm. but anywho uh yeah oh wait no the rubbing mechanics are back here it is it's on minute seven and a half of the trailer oh uh, yeah oh and the, there's some jiggling going on while you're rubbing so yeah it does get better it, it really does um yeah, we're going to have to link that to you guys here uh, in Discord. <laughs> there you go. You want to head oh, right on over yeah. to minute about seven and a half. Uh, just make sure mom isn't in the room. So, Mary, <laughs> Mary Skelter. Uh, yeah. Well, I love how you're just assuming that we live with our parents. Yes. <laughs> or your wife or significant other. Or maybe... maybe Anyone you... Who Anyone am I to judge? You don't want to see and assume <laughs> bad things of you, right? Maybe your maybe your significant other is looking forward to sharing this with you. So by all means, invite them in on it. Uh, I'm but, all alone. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, well, anywho, there's no one to be embarrassed by seeing it except yourself, right? And if anyone's snooping in my window, they deserve whatever scarring they get. So, so that was our compile hearts run through, and we had some, uh, we had some broken hearts in there, and we had some easily. And we didn't even finish because there are so many other compile heart games that we just haven't played, and I, I'm so sad about that. Isn't everyone here sad that we haven't oh, yeah. gone through the gameography of? Compile Heart in its entirety. I mean, I am devastated as a human the, being. The, the first Agarist War wasn't that bad in the beginning. On what scale are you speaking, sir? <laughs> oh, are you saying I, it wasn't that bad on the scale of, say, 
war oh. crimes? Because sure, I'll I'll grant you that it wasn't as bad as the atomic bombing of oh Hiroshima and Nagasaki gosh. or the firebombing of Dresden wow. or the or the time when the United States military dropped triple its entire bomb load of World War II onto North Vietnam in the Vietnam War and still didn't win. Mike Meekie's review of Mary Skelter is dragging down Metacritic. This game, it has a 76 score that I feel like if Mike's 40 wasn't in there, because he gave it to if I would translate to a 40, because you know how they translate score so well on the meta. Um, I really feel like it would have been well above 80. It is actually the number five best PS Vita game of 2017. (laughs) Uh, Even with him. Yeah, I know. It could have been like number four, number three. (laughs) What are the games above it? So we can know what they're rating. We need to know that. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's take a look here. Above uh, Mary Skelter, we have um, Bad Apple Wars, uh, Atelier Shali Plus, Alchemist of the Ducks, uh, Dark Sea, Dusty, Dusty, uh, Degenrapa V3 Killing Harmony, and ha- Hakuoki Kyoto Wins. So now here's what's here's what's interesting, right? That, that so that's Metacritic ratings, and all of them got better better than Mary Skelter. Uh, so Mary Skelter got a seventy six, Bad Apple War seventy eight, Atelier Shelley seventy eight, uh, Degen Robin uh, eighty, and Hakuoki in eighty three. But check it out in those top five games, and in fact, this entire list of all PS Vita games that came out in the year twenty seventeen, Mary Skelter Nightmares has the highest user review score at eight point eight. Second place is Danganronpa at 7.8. They rated this higher wow. than a Danganronpa game. I believe that's Alex... not even close. It's just, just, I just, I, I don't know to tell you. There it is. I wonder what Alex thinks about that. I know he has good feelings about the Danganronpa games, at least some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, go check it out. I mean, the users Persona Q2. Uh, New Cinema Labyrinth. Uh, now, I haven't gotten a chance to play it. i got it sitting here on the shelf. But uh, all the early reviews have not only said this is a great game, but they've gone into such great uh, detail of saying how much it improves over the original Persona uh, Q, which I thought was a fantastic game. Uh, and, and Q2 apparently just does everything so much better. It really brings home 3, 4, and 5. It, it feels like a true standalone game and not just something you know that's a quick shoot-off. Do you want to talk about this now, Phil? No, but my point is this. My point is, it got the same exact score as Murray Skelter <laughs> in user reviews <laughs> at eight point eight. I'm sorry for all that well, setup, but I just thought you'd enjoy the fact that Mary Skelter Nightmares is right up there with a Persona game. I believe Abraham Lincoln said, "You can fool all of the people some of the time. You can fool some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all the time." I'm not. We are going to. End. I believe that some of the people are being fooled all the time here. We, we, yeah, there you go. So we're going to we're going we're to end that. We're going to end our main event on that note. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll take a break and we'll come back with some final lap action. So hold on tight.
And this is the final lap where we read your comments, do kitchen sink stuff, and oh, so much more. Uh, our last episode was 205 Nancy Drew and the case of the otherworldly entities. And from right now, I'm drawing a blank on what that really was about. Was it Persona, Persona 5, right? Yeah. 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 Budai had written in reference to the Zelda episode, I was also not a fan of the weapon durability system because we took, for some reason, we got on a sidetrack about Zelda Breath of the Wild. He said, I just eventually avoided combat altogether unless I absolutely had to, which was not often. It was just not really worth the trouble of fighting anything in that game. Just get the Master Sword and you're all set. There you go. (laughs) Hashtag Master Sword. Uh, Strawberry Egg says, Sam's recount of how excited she was to be in Kubikicho and spotting familiar things reminded me of my trip to Tokyo and being in Shibuya for the first time. I was all, there's the Scramble Crossing, there's Hajiko, there's Starbucks, there's the Tower Records, there's the 109 building, squee! I wouldn't know, I've never been to Tokyo. We, we keep talking about going there, I've, I've never been. Have any of y'all been to Tokyo? I'm going there this sep- September. Cool. Yeah, surely I. Yeah, it's probably safer that way. Uh, Nick says, seriously, when you pay Yakuza or 20, it's really is so exciting to run around Tokyo with an intense level of excitement. You feel smart. Okay. okay. Probably anybody who lives in Tokyo feels smarter than we do. Anyways, you two can leave your comments over at RPGamer.com. Go to podcast, head over to RPG Backtrack from there, and feel free to leave your comments. Uh, even if you're listening to old shows, always leave your comments on the most recent show there. Because that's what we look for when we're reading your comments. We don't go back and look at the comments of the older episodes. I could be here all day trying to look them all up. But uh, check it over RPG Backtrack um, or RPGamer.com <laughs> the RPG Backtrack section. Anywho, uh, let's do let's do a round... Don't ask me what the next episode is. No one knows. Um, <laughs> so let's do a round table. What are you guys doing? What are you playing? I'm going to start with Miss Relly. What's new with you? Well, I've been playing a little game called Persona Q2. I hear that that is super, super good. Is it? It's it's hard to tell. I'm only like two dungeons in. Or rather, I'm only on the second dungeon. I haven't had much time to play at all lately. Unfortunately, just due due to being busy. Um, I'm having fun with it so far. I'm getting... You know, we were talking about saying so much and not at all earlier. I'm finding myself getting really irritated at all of the pointless dialogue. You know, I'm in the second dungeon, and you find... You know, and this isn't my first rodeo, bear in mind. And you find these... um, Raptor cages, the second dungeon is Jurassic Park themed, and you find these raptor cages, and the characters have to comment, oh, it's cages, you can only go one way. And later on, you find a switch, and the characters comment, oh, this is how you rotate the cages. And it's like, really? You didn't think I could figure that out on my own? And because there's, there's like 20 or so characters in this game, of course, every single character has to put in their two cents. And I just feel like it's a problem with JRP lately, where it feels like they stuffed them so full of dialogue and so full of pointless dialogue that you can't, that's in the gameplay like that, that it is, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, am I... 
Well, you Am know, I what... getting old and crotchety and just don't have the patience for this kind of stuff anymore, or am I alone? Well, maybe, but, you know, I, I know, like, in doing writing and, and editing, one of the things we often ask is, does it really need to be in there? Does it really advance the plot, or does it really show character growth, right? Is, yeah. is everything that's in there, is it really accomplishing something, or is it just filler, uh, supposedly that's what happens like when you when you go to watch a movie it's been edited heavily to make sure it gets to the point but if you go out and you buy like the I remember when I bought Star Trek this is super funny um, the original Star Trek movie um, we went outside theaters and as a as a young person I loved it my mother eventually bought me the DVD and it had a big banner on the front of it that said with 20 extra minutes of footage and I was like wee and then I put it in and the 20 extra minutes most of it is spent around the early part of the movie where they're panning around the Enterprise. And yeah. it's just Captain Kirk and whoever was in the shuttlecraft with them going around the Enterprise. And it's like, it's so boring. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. The model's gorgeous. But I don't want to spend 12 minutes, you know, extra looking at the model. And then later on, the extra other eight minutes was in where, where Spock was going into V'ger. Again... There wasn't any extra dialogue. It wasn't moving the plot along. So there was a reason why it was put on the cutting room floor. So perhaps, you know, we, you know, we sometimes talk about whether or not games respect our time or not, because we are busy. So maybe that's what you're feeling there. Yeah. I'm, and like I said, it might be a me thing. I don't know. I'm getting old and crotchety and I'm just don't have the patience for that kind of stuff anymore. I just find it really irritating that. Some of these games lately are so padded with pointless dialogue and stuff that you can't skip. And like we were saying earlier, I like the idea of, in the Tales games, that a lot of that stuff is optional. That you don't have to sit through. That, that you can, if you don't want to hit select to listen to the skit, you can just not hit select to listen to the skit. And you don't really lose anything except maybe some amusing comedy. So... But it's a me thing. I'm I'm still enjoying the game, and I'm not skipping like major story scenes or anything like that. It's just a lot of the crap, the useless crap in the dungeon. I'm getting frustrated with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I just started today, it, it's funny. Um, Peter, one of uh, Anna's, and I think I don't know if he works for the site or not. I'm blanking on it, but um, Peter was on the podcast yesterday and we was they were just talking about Cadence Pyrule and um uh it, they were talking about it and I said, Well I didn't know if I was gonna like it or not because I've never played Crypt of the Necrodance and Peter was like, Oh girl, you gotta play Crypt of the Necrodance. So I go to the eShop, I think mm-hmm. I'm buying Crypt of the Necrodancer. Apparently I was clicking through the site too fast and accidentally bought Cadence of Hyrule. Mm. So it's kind of like, well, okay, that was 20 bucks that I really didn't want to spend right now, but I guess if I bought it, I might as well play it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a roguelike with a Zelda skin and also a rhythm game. Right. Because you've played it before? Uh, I played Crypt of the uh, Negro Dancer, actually, okay. just pretty recently, because it was, it was on, for that E3, it was on Super Sale for like three bucks. Yeah, and I ended up buying the original too. Just yeah. that's what I set out to do in the first place. Yeah, it's three bucks. Why the hell not? But um, so for those that don't know, it's a roguelike, and instead of and it works just like a roguelike, where you know, well, I guess it doesn't really do that unless you're in easy mode. 
um, instead of a roguelike where it's one turn equals one action, all of the action follows the beat of the music, and you have to do the combat to the beat of the music. And what drove me, what why I wasn't that upset with spending the money, was that imagine the legend, the Legend of Zelda tunes that you know and love, only to a kind of a funky, disco-y rock and dance beat. And let me tell you. Some of these songs you are not going to get out of your head. Um, <laughs> I I got intrigued because I was watching the Nintendo Treehouse of Cadence of the Necro Dancer, and they were in Gerudo Valley, and that got stuck in my head, so I had to go find it on YouTube. And then today, that was one of the first places I went to was Gerudo Valley, and I have not been able to get that song out of my head. Mm-hmm. And all of the Zelda classics that you know are in this. There's a jazzy version of the windmill slash Song of Storms oh. theme that is so awesome. Uh, Kakriko Village has a nice slow, calm dance tune. Or no, I'm sorry, jazz tune. Uh, yeah. I mean, go seek out the... If, if you don't want to spend the money right now, just seek out the soundtrack on YouTube because it's on there. And you're going to be tapping your toes to it pretty much all night. And the gameplay is fun, too, even though I it took a while to kind of get used to doing things at the beat of the music. And I'm not going to lie, I died quite a bit at the very beginning because I couldn't really get the hang of it. But, and I don't know if this was in the original game or not, um, if you clear a room, you get diamonds, Mm-hmm. And um, when you die, you can spend the diamonds on things. So immediately, I started pumping a lot of my diamonds into health upgrades. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the original. Like as you as you have as you run through like a roguelike, you will have, of course, a kajillion failed runs. But mm-hmm. the the diamonds that you have, you can immediately go and spend for upgrades that can help you. You know, pretty much on future or your next run. And then. One one time I died, and you get sword upgrades that are permanent, so or weapon upgrades that are permanent. So I managed to get a sword that will hit in a three area block in front of me, and that helped quite a bit. Yeah, the broadsword. You know, it's a broadsword yeah. upgraded in the original game. Totally worth yeah. it. Yeah. So that helped quite a bit because I didn't have to be exactly precise with trying to, you know, hit the exact thing in the right spot. Uh, it gave me a little bit of leeway there, and then later on, you could use your diamonds to do two damage instead of one, and that helped with a lot of the harder mobs. Um, and then later, I th- this is probably in the game too. Later on, I found a mace that hit it in L shape. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, the only thing that sucks, or that that sucks for me because I haven't been able to get the hang of it yet, is projectile weapons. You have to hit on the beat of the music too. So for me, it's very hard to kind of line up the shot and then get it right. Which I don't know if that's a me problem as well. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get to projectile weapons in my couple hours that I farted around with it. Ah, uh, but oh, I'm having so much fun with that, and it's it's going to be a pretty short game too because there's only four dump major dungeons and i managed to do two of them today just kind of having a lazy sunday mm-hmm. so but yeah i i definitely recommend cadence of high rule especially if you're a zelda fan it's a beautiful game a lot of fun um is definitely scratching that roguelike itch that i've had for a while um yeah that's what i've been playing lately and raising my kitten oh kitty i love yeah. kitties 
Yeah, I've been, I've been. If you watch my Twitter at Red Rock Nine Six Three, you've probably seen me just spam picture after picture of her because she is a little tuxedo cat and she is adorable. Hmm. Once you fall and look at the pictures, um, yeah, yeah. Speaking, you know, speaking of uh, roguelikes, uh, I've been. Um, you know, with the, with the Steams or Steam Gog, whatever they're called, E3, the E3 thing has made a lot of sales, right? Lots of, lots of, lots of sales. So on GOG, I got, um, oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I'm going to look it up. Oh my gosh. You get all the Neptunia games? Yeah, I know, right? Cause that's what everybody's really looking forward to. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's the one you want to get. Slay the Spire. Uh, so it's a roguelike, but it, as you're going through the dungeons uh, and you're getting into fights with monsters, the combat system is done with cards. But it's it's definitely a true roguelike because every you know, you'll do a run, you'll get your ass kicked, and you'll start over. And um, there's some unlocks that haven't gotten far enough to see like you know what are the permanent unlocks you get for your run throughs. But definitely part of it, just like with most roguelikes, is just figuring out the mechanics. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's very satisfying. So I, I've been enjoying that. I've probably been putting a little too much time into that. Another one is uh, Book of Demons, which is kind of like Diablo. And I say that with hesitancy in my voice because it really isn't. And it isn't 100% completely like the point-and-click action adventure games like Diablo is. But it sort of is. You're working your way through dungeons. Um, and you'll you'll basically click monsters to kill them, but you don't have to be super accurate. But you do have special attacks like you do in Diablo. Those are actually done through cards. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Like, cards are making a resurgence. Card combat systems have been making a resurgence, which has got me super excited because I, I liked, like, Magic the Gathering of the RPG that came out in 1998. Uh, Magic the Gathering Duels of the Planeswalkers that came out. It was Windows 95. And... Later on, I mean, over the last 10 years, we've gotten things like Hearthstone and the new Magic the Gathering games. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! has made kind of a a comeback on uh, PC and I think uh, Switch. It's coming out on Switch later on. But but for the most part, those games are very much like, hey, you got some cards, go play the AI. Done. What I liked about the original Duels of the Planeswalker is it felt it was really more like an RPG because you were a character, you're going across the world, uh, you were maybe earning experience points, or in the case of like Slay the Spire, it's got that roguelike feel to it. Um, but uh, um, when you get into a fight, it's with the card game proper. So, uh, and and that's what these newer games, Slay the Spire. I understand that the new Steam, what's it called? Anybody can help me out here? Um, Steam. Steam World Quest, Hand of Golgamesh or something like that. Okay. Yeah, like Steam World Dig was basically a Metrovania game, but now they've come out with basically kind of a shoot-off sequel, whatever you would call it, Steam World Heist, Hand of Gilgamesh. I believe Mr. Apps. Are you here, Mr. Apps? I thought Mr. Apps I, was here. I am here. Don't, don't, isn't Steam, have, have you ever played that game, Steam World Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh? I have not. Oh, I thought maybe you did. Okay, maybe I'm mixing no, it up with somebody else. Dig. Dig, got it. But Yeah, yeah dig, dig was the Metroidvania. Yeah, yeah, Hand of Gilgamesh, and I forget which one of our staff members it was that was just singing its praises to me, but it's another game that uses a card-based, deck-building-based system for your combat. But the little bit of a difference between it and Slay the Spire 
is instead of having one character, you have a full party of three. So it's more like a JRPG. It feels more like a traditional JRPG rather than a roguelike. Um, so yeah, go check out those games. Lots of cool games coming out. Uh, who else is on our doc? Since Mr. Apps just spoke up. Mr. Apps, what do you Yay. have for the crowd? Um, so obviously, probably like lots of people, I've been playing a little bit of Trials of Mana. Trials of oh, Mana? What is this game you English. speak of? Uh, also known as Seiken Detsu 3 or by many fans as Secret of Mana 2. Ooh. Yes. So, well, I mean, obviously I've played this in the past through emulation and whatnot, but it is nice to have an official localization that is good. And, um, yeah, not have to deal with any emulation problems or anything like that. It's, it's part of the Mana Collection on Switch, and, yeah, it's great. So, but Will, but Will, $40, really? Yeah, yeah, I really don't give a crap. Yeah, I'm, I'm just teasing. They'd have me at $60. But, so I'm just... But wheels, wheels, it's 40 bucks, and the first game's a Game Boy game, and the second game is like I played it 13 times on my Super Nintendo or emulator. I mean, I come want, on. I want one third of the package. I just want one third of the package. rolling my eyes over here. <laughs> so yeah. much, so much. I'll pay $13 to get just the one. Yeah, can I just pay 13 bucks and get just the new one? <laughs> no, buy them all, support the series. I want it to come back. Yeah, the Secret Do of Mana it. has been ported to every console imaginable. Yeah. Quite. No one asked you. So Chris and I were arguing over this heavily on uh, Discord last night, and I said, Chris, do the math. It's like $13 a game. That's not that bad. So, so, but now here's a question, I, a legitimate question I, I, I did have, though, in watching. So this is all coming, in case you're not aware, um, if for some odd reason you live in a cave and you didn't watch the Nintendo uh, Direct that came out uh, during E3, holy shit, was it good. Just stop the podcast, pause it, go and watch that Direct. Holy cow, was it good. Um, but Oh my gosh. But but question here, apps, because because I get a little confused. Uh, so on that one, or maybe it was the a different one, the Square Enix one. But aren't they working on a remake of three? Yes. Oh, okay, so shouldn't I just wait for that rather than paying forty dollars for an emulation of the old one? I'm going to get a new one. Sure. I mean, the remake. That's looks what I'm going to do. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But who knows how long that's going to take? Yeah. I mean, you're also getting Secret of Mana, which is better than... Uh, let's just not talk about the remake of that. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering if there was some other choice. I'm not trying to be mean here. I, I was just... Final Fantasy Adventure. Mm-hmm. I'm annoyed that they did that version of the game and not Sword of Mana, which is essentially a spiritual remake of... Well, I'm, I'm, I don't like Sword of Mana, so I'll... oh, okay. I'm cool with this version. Uh, the bigger question... Well, I mean... It's it's supposed to be a collection of the originals, so I can kind of yeah, you know, that's true. But it would have been nice if they included like uh, yeah, sort of mana. Throw that in, or maybe throw in the other remake. I don't even remember what the name of the other remake was. That game has two remakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so go out and get it. Got that. Yeah. There's uh, a lot lot of stuff on that Switch thing. I mean, just incredible. Uh, Panzer Dragon. I have 
barely heard in many of the podcasts I listen to. I have not heard anyone mention Panzer Dragoons. Panzer Dragoon. What oh is my, wrong with you people? Oh my gosh! Talk about my blowing. How much was that game? I'm gonna. I wonder if it's still at a high price. But holy oh, sh! Yeah, I mean that game is is one that I've wanted to play for so long. But to get a Dreamcast and then buy a copy of the game was it Arm Lake, a Firstborn, Saturn, Saturn, whatever. They're all the same. You know, Saturn. It's just it was just horrendously expensive. Um, well, you know, we're not talking about Panzer Dragon Saga. It's just Panzer Dragon. Yeah. yeah, you can get the first one for like twenty bucks. Oh, that then I'm not so excited anymore. That one's well, not super Saga expensive. Saga is like five hundred dollars. Yeah, but that's and not selling one disc for like two. Oh, so we're not getting the five hundred dollar one. We're getting the cheap ass no. one. No. Oh, oh, screw this! I don't want to play it. Oh, I don't care about it then. <laughs> What I'm hoping is that if it sells well enough, that we will that Sega will want to um, actually re-release or try to redo um, Saga. Yeah. Do they have the rights to both? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I cool. Think the, I think the problem is that they would have to remake it from uh, not only because of the yeah. trouble of Saturn emulation, but I think they lost right. the source code. They do. Yeah, they do not have the source code for that. Oh, and so many great Saturn games. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of source code, that's an interesting little fact about this collection of mana. The reason that's on Switch and absolutely nothing else is because Nintendo had the source code for Trials of Mana. Huh. Hmm. And that's the reason we were able to get the tr- get it translated. So yeah. Also, um, limited physical for that if you yes. care, which I plan on getting that. Yep. Same here. Well, cool. What else is tickling your fancy, Mr. Apps? Uh, so I've re- after the Breath of the Wild sequel announcement, I've returned to Breath of the Wild to try and finish it on Master Mode, which is quite difficult, but uh, I've actually actually beat one of the bosses and have made some progress there, so I've been doing that. Yeah, I was, I was on my Switch downloading Crypto the Negro Dancer, and I saw that you were online with Breath of the Wild. Might have made a comment to somebody who was on the line with me, like, "Oh, look, he's in Breath of the Wild again." <laughs> yep. So that's probably going to be going on for a while. But uh, I probably, since it's on sale, I'm going to grab the digital version of uh, Hyrule Warriors, so I can finally spend more time with that. So good. Yeah. I need to work on that some more. It's it's yeah. like my comfort food. I go back and I knock out some maps here and there. It, it's just so much fun just to, yeah, it's just comfort food. It's so good. Uh, I think what else? Uh, I think that's about it. Um, just trying to, just trying to like finish off some RPGs I haven't finished recently, like uh, Yokai Watch 4 and trying yet again to finally finish a playthrough of Final Fantasy X2. What can I do for you? Give me I... some time to actually finish that game. Can you do <laughs> I can't hear you. Man, I love that game so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like I dislike my time with that game at all. I don't really... One of those things where too many new shiny things distract me, so... Shiny. Hopefully... Yeah, I can't believe I, I actually beat that game. Like, there's, you know, there's a lot of games I haven't beaten, but I beat that one... Uh, I like the combat system. Uh, I like the fact that they wear different outfits depending on the class, and you can switch them real quick. 
Uh, I've always liked, you know, the Final Fantasy games that have different classes, especially when they're the characters have different clothing reflecting those classes. I always like to see, oh, okay, I've unlocked this character, you know, oh, and they look like this in this paladin outfit. That's pretty cool. So, um, so I really enjoyed that. The the story, I, I just, to be honest, I didn't really keep up with 13-2's story too well. But, yeah, I like the combat. You mean 10-2's story? You said oh, 10-2? Oh, he's playing 13-2. Oh, that's no, not... no, 10-2. Oh, 10-2, 10-2, okay. No, okay. I've, I've finished 13-2. I like 13. Shut the die. I'm not going to say anything about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Remember, it's all about what can I do for you? What can I do for you? All right. Well, uh, I think that just leaves um, Mr. New New Guy. Hi. Hi, New New Guy. What's up with you? I get to talk now? You do. Okay. Enjoy the privilege. I know, well, less. Okay. <laughs> so, when I found out about the Persona 5 podcast, I started playing that again. And then I missed the podcast because I was napping. Um, and as a matter of fact, I was napping before this one, but I set my alarm. There you so go. It worked out. So, anyways, um, I'm now 80 hours into that game. And I made the right choices so I didn't get the bad ending. Uh, so, I'm on the ship, Palace, uh, Shido. You find out who the real, real villain is who's pulling all this. So, I'm hoping this is... Um, and, you know, to go back to what we were saying in the beginning, like, yeah, after, you know, so many hours, I'm just skipping most of the time, you know, and, and you have all those little cut scenes where it shows the percentage of people, phantom thieves come up. I'm just skipping because they, they explain things like, oh, yeah, that guy who got you arrested and got you in trouble. That's the real villain. It's like, yeah, I knew that 10 hours in. Come here, Brian. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I still I love the gameplay, um, even though this last palace um so there's nothing in the game I would say is problematic, but I did run into a few issues in Futaba's palace, uh, the pyramid, because you get, uh, people get turned into rats, and then you've got the other things that cast despair, and then you're um, auto-save, which isn't game-breaking, but like, it, it would have made the it's game annoying. a lot faster to do like, an hour of content, especially if you went to the Velvet Room and did a bunch of stuff in there, and then you have to try and remember. I really like that game, but and once that's done, then I'm going to go back to actually reviewing stuff. Oh. You know, it's it's funny you should say that because that was that is kind of my sentiment uh, to a small degree with Persona Three, but especially on Persona Four. Like I I think when I was getting to the final chapter, I was already ready for that game to be done, and then that final chapter lasted for a long time. But then what really what really grinded my nails was afterwards they're like after you did the final dungeon you were to get the good ending you're supposed to like talk to everybody in town and i did i try not to read faqs on my first playthroughs i just want to play through it but i couldn't figure out why the game like they were like well when you're ready talk to this person but i felt like it wanted something more from me but i couldn't figure out what it was and so I just kept talking to people. I wasted so much time, but it was bugging the hell out of me. So I finally talked to this person. I got the bad ending. And I was just like, man, that kind of sucked. Maybe I was supposed to do something more. So I wasted a ton of time. I just wanted the game to be over, but I wanted the decent ending. So if I looked up online, it's like, you have to talk to everybody. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, well, who's everybody? The, the, there's a lot of different places. And then I start, you know, it, it, it took me a while. It just drove me crazy. I just wanted Persona 4 Golden to be done. Yeah, I had the same problem. Like, I thought that I beat the game, and I'm like, well, that was a crappy ending. And and then, no, and then, like, 
I kind of took a break from it. And then I one day, it was months later, I'm like, that didn't seem right. So that's when I finally... But then there's another, like, secret, secret ending. You have to max out uh, Margaret's social link, and then you fight her as, like, the true final boss or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's even more crazy. Yeah, I did. Persona 5 does the same thing because I'm, I'm trying to level up with uh, Justine and Caroline, but they're... Uh, I, I couldn't get a freaking um, Nico Shogun with Dekaja or whatever. Oh, yeah, no. I just... I can't even do it. The smaller ones, I can't imagine doing the, the later fusions on those. It just seems so... Yeah. yeah. I, I, the compendium, I think I'm at like 60% in the compendium. Yeah, when they were given quests of like, get a Jack Frost with this particular skill, which you could only get by merging certain things and having some luck on your side. No. I'm like, no, I'm too tired. I'm too busy for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, I don't know, for whatever reason, right from the beginning, I want to hook up with the homeroom team. So I maxed her social. There you go. Yeah. Because she she comes over in the maid outfit and helps you. But then you find out that she owes people money, and that's why she's doing it. And she's considering going into porn and going to memento, strange hearts, and then all this. No, but, well, that's but the cute. whole time she's like, teachers and students aren't supposed to be together. We have to hide this. I hope no one finds out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were really creeped out by that. Oh, okay. Oh, the, the whole maid outfit thing? Yeah. No, the teacher dating thing. Oh. I don't know why I was... Bother... But... I mean, it didn't bother me, but I don't know. No. Yeah. Um, so it's mainly been that. I'm hoping to finish that soon, because I, I am supposed to be reviewing... Um, Trails of Cold Steel for people, and I, I have started that, but then that's another game where I, I'm already hearing that it's very long dialogue sequences, so... Now, I already talked on Discord hacking the Asian Classic, and... Mm-hmm. So, I have a Nintendo game called Terra... Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have to the towers, and... I'm looking forward to playing... Uh, I played Wild Arms with my cousin when I was young. I was playing Beyond the Beyond. Um, oh, dog, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the first, like, RP, PlayStation RPG combat, but man, like old textures. There's a lot of things in that game that hold hold up well. <laughs> okay. We might have had a podcast uh, where we talked oh. more in depth on that. Yeah, and now uh, we already touched on Crypt of the Necrodancer. I had no interest in it because I typically don't like roguelikes, but when it was on sale for four dollars, I was like, all right. And I get enough where I think I want to get that Cadence of Hyrule one. So. Yeah, that's a uh, that's uh, that's uh, with you. Like, I want to give it more of a shot and see if it grows on me before I dump the money on Candace. I don't think right. Candace was on Super Sale. I mean, it's just a brand new game, so there would be no reason to. Nintendo games don't go on sale very often. I mean, like they they I mean they they do have some good sales going on. That whole E three thing, even on some of their some of their first party games, are at least taking some percentages off. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to put some more time into Crypto of the Negro Dancer itself uh, to see if it's worth spending another twenty twenty five bucks. But yeah, you could get Crypto Negro Dancer right now for two or three. Bu- I mean, by the time you listen to this, that sale will be over. So. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not going to get this edited in time. That would be a really fast upload. But Candace of Hyrule Crypto Negro Dancer featuring the Legend of Zelda right now is the going for the retail price of twenty four ninety nine. And I'll look up uh, Dance of the Negro or the Crypt of the Necromancer and see what that price is. But it was like two ninety nine. And here we go. Crypt of the Necromancer Nintendo Switch Edition is nineteen ninety nine. 
<laughs> so you get on sale for like two ninety nine, three ninety nine. I double dipped. I actually got this on the computer and I got it on the Switch because it was on such a good wow. sale. Yeah. So I also renewed my subscription to Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I'm still on the Heaven's Ward content, and I, I really should wait till I finish um, Stormbringers. Or I, I should finish the second expansion before I buy this. Uh, so I, I mainly play Summoner, Scholar, and Bard. I just um, just when you play DPS, it takes forever to get it, um, duties. Mm-hmm. And then when you pick like like nobody wants to play tank because it's boring. And then every time I try to heal, I get some tank who's a total douche who talks down to me. It's like all right. And like and I just I really don't have as much patience as I used to, especially for in multiplayer. Someone's giving me a hard time. I just quit. I, I just. Don't. I've actually <laughs> found it's people. It's better that way too. It keeps my. Soul. I've actually found people in fourteen are a lot more polite than wow. But that's been my experience. Like. I haven't run into near jerky tanks in uh, 14 like I do in WoW. Yeah, I gave up on WoW a long time ago. Slow. It's it's funny. I haven't. Uh, I played some WoW with the new expansion and uh, a while back. Maybe it wasn't this expansion, but the, like the last one before it. And then uh, I put like a couple months until I'm done. Uh, lately, uh, wife and I've been playing uh, Guild Wars 2. Uh, going back to that, it's free to play, so it doesn't cost anything to jump in and see if it grabs you again or anything like that. And if you keep logging in every so often, you get free stuff, um, and including free expansions, uh, mini expansions and the such. So, and it's very story heavy. I, I think that's one of the advantages of Final Fantasy XIV as well. It's just you feel like you're part of a bigger narrative, which I don't feel like WoW ever really no. did too well. I, every time WoW started to pull me in with its lore, its story, it quickly kicked me back out, took me out of the moment with something equally as stupid. Right. Um, yeah, so like Final Fantasy XIV, you can play 90% of the game solo. That's what I like about it. I play MMO story and the exploration. And, and it, it's kind of a weird balance because it's like on the one hand, yeah, I get that they want to give you your money's worth. But on the other hand, they just make everything take so long so they can get more money out of it. Yeah. Well, it can be really hit and miss with the story. Um, the last yeah. expansion, the story was really good, and this most recent expansion has just been a turd. Yeah, I had no interest in any of the WoW characters until I played Heroes of the Dorm. And then it was like, oh, who's this Lily girl? And then, oh, Illidan. Okay, let's try him. I don't know him. So, yeah, that's when I started to learn more about those characters. But then that's a game. It's another multiplayer game I don't have the patience for. I don't blame you. Of trying to get, you know, mm. <laughs> get good. Get good. Get and good. it's like, you know what? I platinum Dark Souls. I platinum Dark Souls. I platinum Bloodborne. Like, you know what? Get off my bed. <laughs> <laughs> if I suck, it's too hard. <laughs> mm, no. Yes. Sorry. No. Got it. Gilles and I argue about this stuff all the time. Not everything is Dark Souls. Gotta get good. good. Just because but you're I'm good, good at, at something doesn't mean you're good at something else. I'm good at Call of Duty. Is that count? No. At a MOBA. Good. No, it doesn't count. Yeah, I know. Okay. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. Um, a friend of mine stopped by the other day. We were going to go out to eat, and we played a little bit of Metal Slug 5 on the Switch. You know, that was my first time playing two-player on a Metal Slug. So that was fun. You know, you continue. So we kept, we died over and over and over again. I did want to try and do Breath of the Wild again on Hero Mode, even though I know it's going to be a night. It's not that bad. You just have to avoid combat more often. 
because everything's a damage sponge, so yeah, it's it makes it more of a survival game. Okay, but it's it's really not too bad. Oh, and I was also playing Super Metroid. That's a classic. At oh, some yeah. point, at some point, I need to boot up Breath of the Wild again and try to get that damn motorcycle. Yeah, same here. I I, I bought I, the. Go ahead. No, no, I yeah, I bought the. Well, I didn't like that you had to buy the whole package to get yeah. the DLC packs because I didn't even first one. But then I started doing that special challenge where you get that weird weapon and you only have one hit. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get through it. I just kept uh So, I, I no, I, I did not get the more. See, I got the Majora's... Oh, I was trying to get all that other stuff when I got the Majora's Mask and was having to fun sneaking up on stuff with the Majora's Mask because of how... Uh stealthy you with that and you know i was like let's go see if i can sneak up on a lino oh no they know what i'm up to no okay. oh no they <laughs> now i know you can ride those things can you actually tame one i, I don't know no okay no. that would just be crazy hmm. no you just mount it to uh beat the crap out of it you know i'm just thinking of a really weird glitch that happened in that game i was riding a horse and a cliff came up and I tried to stop, and the, the horse actually fell off the cliff and ended up in the river. And it kept trying to swim to the bank, but it kept, the programming was, so it kept going to the spot where it would get out, and it was just, I don't know. I really wish that in that game that they would let you stable the other animals beside the horses. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's with the horses and the stables? So what's going on in your quarter of the world, Mr. Binky? Well, let's see here. There are a couple of things that I am continuing to play and will have reviewed for the site soon. I was playing Warframe. I will get back to it. I have played enough of it to say that if you liked Advance Wars, this is a very charming Advance Wars with a medieval tinge. Let's see. I'm in what is either the second to the last or the last chapter, and it's still tossing a few new things at me. There are a lot of units in it, and you know what? That's kind of cool. And yes, I did turn the difficulty down slightly to the point where it will punish me if I am stupid, because the AI is pretty good. I'm not not necessarily brilliant, but it's very good at being aggravating and not doing the stupid thing. Oh, I have given you an obvious target that you will damage yourself attacking, so it may not actually do that. It may be a little more sly. So, not quite as predictable as Advance Wars. No. Do you feel like it's, there's, there? do you think that it's kind of random, or that there's actual intelligence in the decisions it's making? Or is it just being, like, random sometimes just to throw you off? I haven't studied it enough to make a firm call one way or another. I will say that it has given me enough indications of being relatively intelligent that I'll give it the benefit of doubt. Hmm. It, it has occasionally made a stupid play, but that's usually in the middle of doing exactly what it needs to do in order to make my life more challenging. So if you want a challenge, by all means, turn it up and have fun with that. Does it have, like, difficulty levels? Yes. And I have was playing the initial missions on the default difficulty. When last we spoke about it, I had just gotten spanked after... What I spent something like an hour in a mission. So I turned it down to the next difficulty level. There are a couple more below that. And at this at this difficulty, which is one below the default, it's manageable. If I turned it down any further, I would probably feel like I was steamrolling everything, which I gather is the point. 
they say these are for if you only want to experience the story and not have too much trouble. Well, for a tactical game like this, to steamroll everything with the greatest of ease kind of takes away for me from having much fun. And I'm enjoying it. And at harder difficulty levels, it isn't like it gets resource bonuses or anything like that, cheating? No, just there's a stat tweak to enemies. I can vouch for this, having tried a certain mission on the default, and then after tweaking the difficulty down one. The enemy units take and receive damage at a noticeably but not ridiculously increased rate compared to you. Which can be exactly what you need. Ah, uh, do you do you feel like the AI also works differently than at those levels? I don't think so. Again, I only played the first few missions on the default, but it doesn't seem to be acting any differently. Food for thought. And there are also a lot of different modes in it. I I don't think I'll try out everything because there's a lot of stuff. There are means for you to create your own maps and share them online. There's this interesting thing called puzzle mode where you're just given a scenario and you have one turn to solve it. And if you can do it in one turn, bam, you win that puzzle. If you don't, you get to have to, you have to try again. So by the ta- by the standards of a tactical game, honestly, I think I see why they call it puzzle mode. You have everything set in place. You have to figure out the way to win given that. But it's kind of fun. And then there's what do they call it? Campaign mode. Where you just go through, oh no, arcade mode, where you just pick a character, and like Advance Wars, your characters have a special ability that they can use at certain points to influence the battle. And you have to go through several maps in a row in order to win that person's arcade mode. And these are separate from the main story mode. And those are also fun. Now I remember, like in Advance Wars, one of the one of the things that I like being an RP gamer is that uh, as you did different maps or whatever, you would earn currency that could be used to unlock stuff, mostly other maps. Do they have something like that here? They do not. That's the one thing, if we're judging this strictly based on how you can improve yourself, then there really isn't anything. You, you start with the same thing on every map. Or Let me rephrase. Every map starts the same way as in it was programmed that way and you can't add anything to it no but i mean like like with advance wars you were basically earning currency to unlock other content you weren't really like leveling up your troops or anything but you were unlocking other content in the game does it does it have any kind of like currency like that or is it just it's not currency it but there are a lot of optional missions and you need to go through them in order to unlock some of this other stuff okay such uh, certain characters who are mo- who are mainly enemies who you spend the whole game beating down. But if you go into side missions that are played from the perspective of an enemy character, you beat that side mission, and then you can play as that enemy character in arcade mode. That's neat. And is playing the different characters? Does it feel like like different? Again, I just can use my Advance Wars knowledge. I love Advance Wars as most people know. You know, it's a history how each commander had its own unique superpower. How how did the heroes differ in this game? Oh, each of them definitely has, they call it grooves. That's where the name comes from, War Groove. You've got your Queen of Cherry Stone, who's War Groove, heals everything around her. You've got a guy who can stick a crystal with a certain range that amps the defense of everything in range. You've got a guy who, as long as you can string together a consecutive line of enemy units, he will dash between it and hit everything in turn until he runs out of things to hit. So yes, each of the commanders is distinct. 
and all of them have access to the same unit types, but I actually appreciate this detail. They may do the same thing, but they are not called the same thing, and they don't look the same. If you're from, if you've got a guy from, what is it? There's, there's an arboreal tree species. Their troops look different than the troops of the desert people, who all, whose troops look different from the undead kingdoms, whose troops look different from the people you start with who are more or less, not generic, but standard medieval type soldiers. And they have different names. They, they do the same thing, but they're, they look different. They have different names. They each have slightly different an, attack animations. And the animations are also charming. I like them. Are the stats also the same? I want to look into that. Yeah, they are. Okay, but now is it every commander has different looking troops? Or did you just say, like, it's just like it, it, the, the looks of the troops are, like, more based on the factions because maybe the commanders are in different factions? They're based on the factions. Okay, that's cool. I think it's cool. It just sounds cool. So it does have an, a, basically, you know, a, a sense of progression as you work through probably maps that get more difficult. You're unlocking other, you know, heroes and stuff that you can play, you know, or villains or whatever in other modes. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, the point I just reached, uh, next map seems to be I get to take my troops via transport boats and land them on a continent in order to invade. And I haven't tried that map yet because. These maps are fairly large, but uh, I look forward to it. I will probably have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only reason I haven't bought this game yet is I is I heard it was coming out on GOG, and I try to grab games on GOG whenever possible. Um, even though having it on Switch, of course, super tempting, but um, because you can take it with you wherever you go. Um, I, I like well, the idea. I have it on Steam because that's where Alex got the review code. Yeah, I know it's on Steam. Um I know it's on Steam. I know it's on Switch. Then very tempted, especially since right now with the E3 thing going on, uh, a lot of games are on sale. I want to say that one is as well uh, on uh, the Nintendo Store. Uh, it probably is on Steam if I take a look here. But um, uh, it's only thirteen bucks. I know, right? Oh my gosh! Don't don't get me started. Oh my goodness gracious! Shinmu Three. Oh my gosh! You could just see like a black hole open up and in. During the show, and when they got into that, uh, well, Phil, I wonder, will let's see, what is it that Konami is responsible for releasing in the near future? Isn't it some collection? Uh, oh, the, the Turbo Graphics Mini—that's what it's going to be. Uh, I I just can't help but wonder if Konami might decide to. Well, Konami doesn't release games anymore, but if it did release a new Metal Gear, what if it made it an Epic exclusive? Oh boy. Yeah, Wargroove is thirteen thirty nine on Nintendo Switch right now. I don't know if I'll get the show edited and stuff while the sale is still going on, but hopefully people got that at that price. Sound, you know, given how good it sounds and stuff, I might double dip um, because I really want it on on GOG, but it's not going to be there for a while. And as as you know, this is uh, this is a developer that is not a huge one, so you are actually supporting people instead of donating your money to Activision Blizzard or something else that really doesn't need the money. Yeah, they have a, they have it on GOG. They have a coming soon webpage, but uh, they have it all set up on GOG store. Let me just take a look at Steam real quick and see if they don't have um, that on sale as well. Wargroove on Steam. It is... Well, this is interesting. It is not on sale. And the... The reviews are mixed. Really? 
hmm. In no. times like these, I think it's necessary to actually start looking at the reviews and seeing what people are saying. Yeah, right. As this one says, it's not bad, it's not good, it's a case of one of those in between. Bland gameplay mixed with ever-present slowdowns Chucklefish games are plagued with. Okay. It is a blend of Fire Emblem and Advance Wars. More precisely, Fire Emblem skin with Advance Wars soul. The storyline is superficial and bland as Advance Wars games. You should not buy this game for its storyline. The campaign is okay, though, with challenging missions here and there. The game is difficult for those who have a little experience in the genre, but for veterans like me, it's not that difficult. The gameplay is the same as Advance Wars. No addition or innovation at all. Overall, mediocre single-player experience with some occasional good missions. I I don't know. I mean, just listening to what you've said... Um, debunks just looking at the facts. I mean, everyone's allowed to their opinion, but when you sit here and make statements um, that uh, you shouldn't buy this game for its storyline, well, I well, I I can don't know how many tactical, yeah, don't know how many tactical games people are. The storyline yeah. is cute. I, I'm not going to dismiss it. Uh, the animations and the conversations are charming, but like with most of these games. The storyline is not particularly complex. Uh, here, I can tell it. I can tell it to you in less than a minute. You are the queen of Cherrystone, who became queen after some evil person killed her dad and made her the next successor. She was attacked. Her nation has been stormed. She has had to flee to seek aid, and aid has successfully been sought. And now they are going back to undo the evil of the guy who controls a whole bunch of undead creatures that he sends off to do his bidding. I could elaborate a bit. I mean, you actually command... One of the commanders is a dog. Yeah, well, there you go. A dog whose ability uh, inspires the troops directly around him so that they get another turn. <laughs> I, you know, and, 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 and uh, I just... I don't know. I didn't play Advance Wars for its deep plotting. And and I, I just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, some of the tactical RPGs out there, like Final Fantasy Tactics... Um, and ogre tactics have really great stories, but those are more uh, anomalies, I suppose. I just, I don't know. It's not the biggest expectation I bring to these games. Uh, The campaign is okay with challenging missions here and there, but it just sounds like, wait a minute, there's difficulty settings. If you don't think the game feels challenging enough, you you could crank it up, right? Yes, you can. Um, So, uh... There are a couple of settings above the default. Uh, There may be even more than a couple where it says, play this if you want a real challenge, something like that. So you know what you're in for. If you really want a, a challenge, you can set it that way. Yeah, I just, I find it interesting when people complain about challenge when a game gives you good options for making the game experience the way you want. Uh, so along the lines of challenges, does it have like, uh, what are those called, um... Uh, the achievements does it have like achievements so if you or does it record if you re, if you do beat a battle on a more difficult mission does it give like a read because i remember advanced wars kind of did that it would show you what what kind of medal you got yes there are stars you get a star rating every time you win you get the star rating if you beat it inside of a certain number of turns and if you have your difficulty below the default you can't get the maximum number of stars and I'm not sure what you get if you get all of the potential stars in the game, but they're there, and I I really should remember exactly what they do, but I don't right now, sorry. Yeah, but at the very least, you have uh, you have uh, bragging rights and uh, some of those... I, I know in Steam, I'm sure it's going to have Steam achievements 
So it it has achievements, but only twenty three in total. Twenty, yeah, twenty three Steam achievements. You're right. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I've gotten eight of them so far. I will get a few others. There's one you get for using every commander's groove once, and there are only a couple of commanders I haven't had the chance to play yet, so that won't be off. And you get a you get an achievement once you beat every chapter, and you get an achievement There's... if you want to complete all the puzzles. Yeah, but complete nothing, all the puzzles. Com- ridiculous. Complete, get, get an S rank on every campaign mission, uh, which I'm sure is pretty, you know, it's going to be a challenge. If you're looking for a challenge, I think you got it right there. Uh, collect 200 stars. You know, so there's some more challenging uh, accomplishments yeah, that are in the there. 200 stars come from what I said. You, you can't get all of the stars in a mission unless you're playing at least on the default difficulty. And you get it within the number of turns that is specified. Yeah, I just, uh, I know some people are really into um, achievements and, uh, or, you know, whenever I played a game that I really like, uh, but I wanted something more difficult to, to, you know, going into those achievements can can give you some of those goals. But even without achievements, I mean, just in Advance Wars, there was definitely times where I would go back and play maps over again to try to get a better rating. And knowing, you know, usually it had to do with how fast you could get through, and also I think it took into account how much damage you sustained. So it was important not to let any of your stacks get killed off if you were trying to go for that S rank. But it always kind of pumped me up at the end when you when you finished off a map in Advance Wars and it did the music victory, da, 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 and you know show you what score you got, and and I'd be like, dang it. I mean, there was there was nothing really super tangible about getting S ranks and everything, but it was there for people who wanted more out of the game. I remember doing that in Fire Emblem, the very first one on GBA that came out in English. I, now, looking back on it, why the hell did I spend all that time trying to... Well, the only thing that I didn't usually get the five-star ranking in was number of turns, because I would always sit there and take my time, but whatever. That, that's how I usually play, unless you force me to rush... Oh, yeah, well, especially, yeah, in Fire Emblem games where rushing forward, especially in those maps with fog, oh my gosh, yeah, put the wrong guy in front and there's a there's an enemy with his weapon weakness in the bushes that kills him in one hit. Yeah, good times. Well, there are several maps in the Fire Emblem games, the older ones, where I would take too long because I would abuse the the arena system. I don't know if you ever did that where... You would stick people into the arena, constantly reload to see what fight you were going to get, and take it when you get a winner so that you, A, get money, and B, you get free experience because this is Fire Emblem. There's a finite amount of experience. So oh, I yeah. would do that. And if you do that for a while, then you're obviously not going to beat the map in very quickly. But I didn't care. <laughs> right. Going to take my free experience, dang nabbit. I'm a free money, and the opportunity to use to get some characters ready who might not otherwise be able to be up to snuff fast mm-hmm exactly anyway Wargroove I'm playing something else that has unfortunately preempted it but I will finish it I will get us a review and at the very least I can say that if you have liked Advance Wars and you think I have a hankering for something kind of like that this will give it to you uh, that review you mentioned, yeah, I have seen occasional slowdown in the game, but it's a turn-based strategy game. This is not the type of game where slowdown is going to throw me off my groove and suddenly I'll miss a jump and die. <laughs> and 
it's annoying when I see it, but that's all. It's not destructive. So, 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 huh, that's weird. It's a pixel game with some weird slowdown. But you're right, it's a tactical game, who cares? I mean, unless it's really obnoxious. And it, it hasn't been, for me. Cool. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a, a winner, and sounds. Uh, I, I just I'm very tempted to just uh, to just double dip here. I might do it. Well, you'd, you'd be supporting a developer that would actually, because after all, it's been out for several months, so everyone knows that the sales peak for every game is in the first two weeks or so, first week half of the time. Yeah, and yeah. Showing that support is still out there is useful for a developer like this. I think. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I tell you, kind of off on a tangent here, but I, I kind of feel like that's where a lot of my excitement is these days, uh, even in watching some of the E3 stuff or just looking at my own, you know, wish list on, you know, different websites. It's it's a lot of these indie efforts, you know. I, I, in fact, it, it, it's funny we're talking about this because I was uh, looking uh, earlier into Starbound today, which is by, I believe, the people who brought us Terraria. Uh, chucklefish, chucklefish. I think that's the same company. It's all chucklefish. Oh my gosh, they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> but that's another cool one. I mean, if you, I mean, if if you like the the, the Minecraft, we talked about uh, Dragon Quest Builders earlier. Um, these games where you kind of like you know survive and you build uh, your own survival things with big deep crafting systems. Um, I think it Phil, stop reminding me. I was actually playing Dragon Quest Builders on Vita last month until I got the other game that I'm going to be talking about shortly and had to stop playing it for a while, but oh, I was so having I, fun. So I shouldn't tell you then that last night and the night before I was playing uh, Dragon Quest Builders on my PlayStation. You can tell me. It was really pretty. I, it's it's I, really, you know, because I play on my Vita, and then um, it was really funny, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I know they were talking about Dragon Quest Builders too, and I was like, ooh, I never really built, beat that one off the Vita. Um but I've been spending a lot of time with my Vita, and I've really been enjoying my PlayStation lately. So I was like, oh, I should go and buy a copy. Uh, you know, I should go buy a copy for my for my PlayStation. And I went to Amazon to buy. It's like you purchased this back in 2017 or something. I'm like, really? When I looked at my book of PlayStation Four games, and there it was. I'm like, damn, I'm getting old. I forget what I bought. Um, so I put it in and and started a new game. Um, but the game's so much fun. It, it, it's fine if you start it over. It's it's totally okay. It's not as if this is a story intensive game either. It, it's just it's just so cute. So if if you played Minecraft and you and you didn't like it because it's it's lack of a direction, Dragon Quest Builder fixes all of that. It definitely gives you a story and a direction, keeps you going each step of the way. It's like a, you know it'll tell you what to build and how to build it and. Um, yeah, definitely a lot more than Minecraft. With Minecraft, just like here's the open world. Good luck. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and and really pretty I've never, too. I've never played Minecraft. I've seen it in operation. I haven't played it, and I don't feel the need because, well, if I want something that I can just mess around in for hundreds of hours, I have any number of other options. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 yeah. I mean, you know, Dragon Quest Builders is just super cute, super beautiful, and. Uh, just really for me scratches scratches that itch a little bit better than Minecraft does. Nothing wrong with Minecraft. I played plenty of hours into Minecraft. I've got my beautiful castles that I made and the cliff of this big mountain thing that's near water that I carved out brick by brick because I like to play in survival mode because it means that you've earned it. Um, and 
my castle is huge and it has tons of torches all over the place to keep the monsters from spawning at night around it so it looks kind of silly but um uh, yeah yeah like i like minecraft but but definitely dragon quest builders is super awesome and it's cute it's got dragon quest people <laughs> in it let's see when i was playing it i found oh those nasty little what are they called the, the wyverns with the bird heads and the snake bodies chimeras chimeras thank you yeah they were little jerks they like to spit fireballs at me oh yeah yeah i will say like you know dra- it, it, it combat isn't the strength of the game but it, it's you know it's really the building and stuff but it it, it it serves its purpose just fine and those little guys throwing fireballs at me yeah definitely put me on my my toes because i can get you at a ranged and so uh have to dodge around a bit to get to them but they give you chimera feathers that you can turn into chimera wings so you can get back to town easier yep so yeah, i like to hunt them down because just like a dragon quest game mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah yeah but uh, but definitely a lot more crafting like you'll go out and hunt specific monsters uh in this game if you're on the hunt to make more chimera wings for example you want to hunt those guys down because i don't have a store where i can just buy a whole crap ton of chimera wings most so, people don't yeah not not in dragon quest builders i mean in dragon quest you can buy all the chimera wings you want they're usually 25 gold a piece so um but uh oh yeah yeah and i like you know i like how the, it'll give you a mission set up a room for this person set up a, so i'll do the minimum requirement and build that person a room but then later on i'll usually take it down and make it prettier you know now when i get more decorations and stuff yeah make them nice rooms make everybody a nice room yeah it's so much fun but what else and anything see. else on didn't you say something about a second game yes you may have heard of this thing called Persona Q2. Bear! New, Bear! New Cinema Labyrinth, that's it. Bear-sona! Is Teddy in it? Does he go Bear-sona? He has made numerous bear puns. I can't remember if that was one of them. It probably was. Oh, uh, you know, well, I, mean, I, I understand uh, from what I've read that Persona Q2 is voice acted all in Japanese. I'm thinking, like, normally combat, you know, what he calls his pers- Persona, or at the end of the fight, he'll go, you know, Bear-sona. I think it's during when he actually summons, but you wouldn't be able to know it with the Japanese voice acting. I, I've heard him say Kuma several times, which uh, is the Japanese word for bear, or at least the word he uses. Nah. Uh, but in the text, mo- pretty much all the text is translated, and you get to see lots of terrible bear puns in there. Nice. It's all about the terrible bear puns. So let's see. You, the Persona 5 cast starts it out. You go through the first dungeon with them. You get into the second dungeon. Then the Persona 4 cast joins. Oh, uh, the Persona 3 portable heroine joins you in the first dungeon. Then the Persona 3 cast joins you in the third dungeon. So by the time that's done, you've got a lot of people on your team. Wow, in the third dungeon? I mean, isn't that like halfway through the game? Or are you talking about like the third floor of the first dungeon? No, the third dungeon. Wow, because I mean, I mean, Persona, wasn't Persona Q five dungeons? Yep. Hmm. Now... This is midway through the third dungeon, and the fourth dungeon is larger than any previous, and I I don't yet know about the fifth dungeon. Mm-hmm. But it, half of the fun is just seeing the interactions between the characters, because I admit I haven't played any of the mainline Persona games. The Persona Q games are where I know these characters from, and they're fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even in their chibi forms, probably because nobody wanted to make the 3DS try and realistically render the graphics of 
the mainline Persona games. I I was one of those weird cookies that I actually liked a lot of the dialogue in Q. I know it rubbed a ton of people the wrong way because it was pretty insincere to you know the deep characterization stuff that we got off of you know the uh, the proper Persona games. Um, but for me. Um, that wasn't such a, you know, I, I kind of went into Persona Q given the the look of the characters and stuff, assuming that, you know, okay, this is a more fun game, you know, like it, it's something that doesn't take itself completely seriously. So, and then there are these special screenings where you, they're optional missions. You go back into certain parts of the maps, and they're not quite the same. Certain areas are blocked off. Certain things that are not normally accessible, you can find in there. And you get silliness, such as Morgana, Teddy, and what the heck is it? Kuromaru. They're having a contest. Who's the best mascot of our team? Yeah. Yeah, that's Persona Q. Or Goro Akechi from Persona 5 is constantly complaining about how he will push himself to the absolute zenith and then he'll collapse because he hasn't eaten anything in days because he was too busy trying to be an artistic genius. Yeah. Or... And a lot of times your review, your reward for this would be a, a unison skill, where sometimes in battle, two or three or, or even four of the characters will combine and just pile on for a free hit on the enemies. Things like Yukiko and... What is her freaking name? Uh, I'm someone from episode 5, and I can't remember. See, there are too many characters. They're all blending together. Too many say, right? I'm, gonna say, I'm probably on my shelf because I don't know the Persona 5 characters too well yet. I really need to, 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 to put more than two hours into that game. It was Yukiko and Haru, I think. Uh-huh. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm partly di- I'm partly di- having difficulty here because they look different in and out of battle, the Persona 5 characters, thanks to their... What do I even call it? The, the costume ball co- stuff that they wear in battle. Hmm... Mm. And of course, they have they have code names in battle just to make it even more confusing. Oh no! Uh, well, uh, well, I mean the Persona Five characters, yeah, that's part of their story. But hopefully, they're not doing that with three and four characters. No, they're not. Oh, thank goodness! All, all of the three and four characters just kind of oh, you you have you look different when you summon your personas, and you have code names. Oh, that's weird. We don't do that. And then they just let it go. <laughs> Oh, good. They should probably let it go. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, so combat is more or less the same as the first... Oh, another reward that you can get from going through these special screenings is an occasional... One of them gets you the reward to three to fuse three Persona at once instead of just two. Oh, well, you, lo- one you, get... you definitely want to do that. And then there's one later on. You don't get it until the fourth dungeon, but... It allows you to carry over a boost that you have at the end of a fight to another fight. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. really useful. Ooh, that's super useful. Oh my gosh, yeah. Holy cow, because boost, yeah, boost would let you go first in combat, and, and, and for those of us, you know, who really conserve our energy, magic points, whatever, it would also let you use a skill with, with no energy cost. So it yep. was very, very useful. It really, you know, more than the mainline Persona games, it really felt like it rewarded me for paying attention to uh, Monster's elemental strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, the, being able to hit the weaknesses of enemies here is awesome. If you can hit the weakness of everything that's not a boss, and and everything is knocked down, and occasionally you don't even need to hit everything. If there's only one left, then somebody else who's not in the fight will suddenly say, hey, let me join in. 
and that person will launch him with a weak attack, but it'll knock the enemy down. And then if everything's knocked down, then you get to do an all-out attack, which it, it looks like Scooby-Doo almost, some goofy cartoon where everybody charges in in a cloud of dust and spank and rips the enemies apart. If it doesn't kill them, then you're in trouble because they are no longer knocked down if you do an all-out attack and they survive it. But if they do die, then, well, you you get a bonus experience at the end you and uh, seems to be an increased chance of getting a persona as a reward. So most of the time it's worth going for. Hmm. And there may not be a ton of dungeons, but each of them is very distinct. Let's see, the second one is Junessic Park. Take a wild guess what kind of things you'll be seeing around there. Yeah. Third one is set in some futuristic society run by robots. The fourth one is in a horrible spoof of a musical. It almost looks like Toontown in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There are moving flowers and the sky looks like a backdrop in a studio set made out of animations. It's it's an interesting looking place. And I don't think I should talk about the fifth one yet because, oh my goodness, that would, be count, that would count as a spoiler. So I won't do that. Mm-hmm. After all, this is a new game, and we don't spo- And especially since I haven't finished the thing, I can't even spoil the conclusion yet. <laughs> oh, and the music is awesome. But, but oh, and you'll love this, Phil. There are several battle tunes. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that. I I, I heard uh, I heard that the music was was somehow even better than Persona Q, which I absolutely adore. But I had heard that there was more than one battle tune, which. You know, in, 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 in Persona 3, there was basically version A and version B based on whether you pick the 3 crew or the 4 crew. But it was essentially the same song, just with slightly different, you know, vocalist. If it had different words, hell if I could tell. Um, there seems to be a different one for the Persona 5, the Persona 4, and the Persona 3 crew. So if you've got someone of each of those in your party, then you could get one, any one of them in a fight. And each of them are similar in style. I haven't bothered looking at the lyrics I know what happens if I try to examine the lyrics closely. Oh, yeah. fun to listen to. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know if I did that with you or I did that with somebody else where we examined the lyrics to the combat music in Persona Q. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I think we did it on the show, didn't we? Yeah, I, I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. It just, yeah, that's an exercise in insanity. But it's just the, I played it in a car. It's just great exercise music. It makes absolutely zero sense, but it's it's just fun music. And the boss tune... Not the sub-boss tune. The sub-boss tune has no lyrics. The boss tune does. And its title is Nothing is Promised. And from what I can hear, it actually comes close to making sense, which means I shouldn't investigate it any further. Because if I try, I'm sure it'll all come crashing down. Mm-hmm. But it's a good boss tune. And the only real negative I have for it is the same one I've had with Entry and Odyssey for a long time, the limited inventory. When enemy, when you can get six or seven or eight things when you do well in a fight, and you have a, an inventory limit of 60 things total, including what you brought in there with you, that doesn't take long to get filled. Mm-mm. But, it, outside of battle, it plays like freaking Entry and Odyssey. Here, look, we're on a map. Oh, look, there's a shortcut. Ooh, there's a new thing. Oh, yep, there's... I don't remember what they call it, but they... They, to invent to justify the acronym, but it's an FOE. Yes, there are FOEs. What a shock! No, oh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm stuck at in Persona Q now. Is I'm on the third dungeon, and the FOEs can take two steps to your one, and I hate that. 
Oh yeah, as I recall, those are the ones where you have to play with the the light in order to take advantage of the spots they won't go to. It, it, it turns it it basically yeah, and it's really tough because they're still getting two to your one. So I don't see that as the biggest advantage. The lights is a huge advantage. Um, I remember this one room. It took me a solid you know fifteen minutes of just um, farting around with it till I got it you know got it right. It, it just I don't like you know puzzles, but. Yeah, it's kind of inherent with a lot of DRPGs. I remember getting annoyed at that, and yet I was able to move on. I I don't remember it causing me too many issues at the time. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, I got th- I got through it. It just I need to go back to it at some point. In the fourth dungeon, you're gonna find. Well, I I hope you like the sight of very very sweaty guys wearing little. Nice. I mean, who doesn't like that? <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there, but no one is talking to me about it, so I'm going to assume everyone likes it. So there. So it sounds like you put a lot of, lot of, lot of, <laughs> a lot of time uh, into this. Give us a, a preview of your review. Are, does it does it feel like a, a you know a, a great game to you? A good game, or what are you what are you thinking here? Are you having a probably, good time with I'm probably it? Probably going to go with a 4.0. Because okay. what you know, we we can't do four and a half or five ratings easily anymore, and I don't know if it would necessarily hit that for me. But I am enjoying it greatly, mm-hmm. and if this is the last major 3DS game, it's a good note to go out on. Cool, cool, cool. Well, it sounds pretty awesome. Uh, anything, anything else on your mind? Uh. Well, those are the only games that I've really been playing. Instead, I've got, I've been having fun going through the storage unit boxes from somebody who left four years ago. His parents finally got sick of paying on his storage unit, and in exchange for helping them prune down the sheer number of boxes, I get to keep whatever interests me out of them. Nice. Some of what I've found has been completely useless. I decided that the many issues of Entertainment Weekly from 15 years ago I found were going in the recycling bins. Mm -hmm. But I've also found a whole bunch of old game pros! I wish I should take... I should have taken one out of the box to look at and read some of these wonderful quotes for you. Such as the the very favorable review of Virtual Bart on the Super Nintendo that that GamePro gave. Oh no. The animations are really good and the controls are great! Everyone knows that Simpsons games control well uh no it did not can i remember that game the reason why i remember it is because it controlled like shit well andromeda for game pro gave it a four and a half out of five for control andromeda was smoking the wacky tobacco that night when they were playing granted that game is pretty psychedelic so it goes well with any drugs or alcohol you might be doing at the time i'm pretty sure i have it in there the issue where GamePro gave Bubsy all five out of five scores. That that classic of the ages. We yeah. all remember Bubsy Claws Encounters of the Furred Kind. Sure. Oh jeez. <sighs> and how and what a great game it was. Mm-hmm. I I rented it, and I certainly didn't use the level select code printed in, I think, GamePro to look around once I got bored with the first few levels. <laughs> And find, oh, it really doesn't change. That's great. Uh, but 
looking back at these things is interesting now. Wow. R- remember when it was just the Ultra 64 because the, the official name wasn't there yet? Hmm. No, I, I didn't remember that one. I think it was Project Reality before that. Oh. And, of course, we've got a cover of Donkey Kong Country because why not? Why Several not? Sonic covers. Sonic Spinball got a cover. Yeah. It's it's a time capsule in some ways, although there are too many of them for me to necessarily keep, so I'm probably going to have to sell them, which I'm, I'm getting rid of them. He doesn't want My friend does not want them now. I have that for a fact, so I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, definitely as I get older, I just, I, I can't keep holding on to all this stuff. So, but one of the cool things, I have a, a collection of um, a bunch of old comic books on PDF. Uh, that I got it. That I got it. What was it? A comic. A comic convention. Uh, big surprise there, right? Mm-hmm. And it was. Um, it was. Uh, um, um, yeah, it was really. It was like a four hundred comic books for roughly forty bucks. And it totally worth it. And uh, right. it was like a dime each. I try getting that off of Comicsology these days. It, you know, you definitely pay a lot more than that. But anywho. The um, they have lots of advertisements inside of them, including video game advertisements. So it is really fun watching those and going, "Oh yeah, that's the way things used to be." And boy, those things were expensive. Holy cow! Look at how much they charge people for an Atari. Let's see. Yeah, I have also found a whole bunch of comics in there, including a whole bunch of Spawn issues. I never read Spawn, and looking at the covers, I kind of see why Spawn just departs from any standard human proportions yeah and he always looks so angry and stuff and i'm sure there's reasons but yeah it it didn't appeal to me back then that i can understand okay he's a guy who's working for satan that that's enough to give you some anger issues but Hmm. or let's see there there's some other image comics that look even more grotesque in some ways there's something called the max which looks like a freaky purple monstrosity crossed with the tick almost. It, I don't know what Image Comics was thinking. Anyway, mm. these, and, these and more I have experienced because I am taking a chapter through mostly 90s history. Mm-hmm. Look at all these old X-Men issues from the 90s. Ooh. Oh, yeah. How many freaking t- Spider-Man titles are there, Marvel? Why do you have to confuse me by making spectacular Spider-Man not the same as Amazing Spider-Man or just Peter Parker Spider-Man or Spider-Man Chapter Zero or there are others. I, I've now, seen too many damn Spider-Man titles. Those, those were covering completely different stories, Mike. Totally different. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Which is why my friend had a certain part for uh, the Maximum Carnage storyline broken up because it crossed between multiple Spider-Man t- titles. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, and I also found some Deadpool and some Venom comics and what else. Oh, Ren and Stimpy comics. I didn't even know those existed until now. I like that show. Yeah, it's funny. I did, but I didn't. I never knew they made a comic out of it either. Went for at least thirty issues, so must have missed something. You have to. You'll have to read them and tell me if it translated well into the medium. I guess I'll have to. But on that. Oh yeah, Phil. I saw Dark Phoenix on Wednesday. And oh, I was the only one in the theater. Are you serious? It was an afternoon, 
when school hadn't quite yet let out, but that's still pretty bad. Yeah, if you're like the only one, I could understand if it was like thirty percent occupancy or something. No, but I was the only person. Holy shit! Okay, well then tell us: is it is it is was do you think that the the, the quality was a bad movie? Was it? Do you think that might have been I don't contributing think it was to a it? Bad movie. I mm-hmm. think it could have done with being expanded somewhat because the Dark Phoenix story is really hard to get down to two hours. Yeah, yeah. And in particular, see, the movie is so rushed in the development of the... They're not from the Shi'ar Empire. I can't remember what these aliens are that are on Earth because they want to get the power of the Phoenix. And that's all they're there for. They're resurrecting some dead empire with the power of the Phoenix. And otherwise, they're completely one-note evil. And I can't remember what they were because... It was only spoken once in the whole movie. Hmm. But uh, Sophie Turner, she does a good job as Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Most of the rest of the cast does a fine job. I, I think Michael Fassbender has done a good job as Magneto. And, and they were able to do it without without Hugh Jackman? There is no Wolverine in this movie. Oh, no. He's... Was, is, I... there, is there any mention of the fact that there was this whole Phoenix thing going on in X-Men like 2 back in the day? No. Okay. This put... <laughs> is dealing with it more or less from the X-Men first class because... Yeah, I know it's the first class generation, but yeah, I just didn't know if somehow they would just, I, I you know, maybe... They just it, ignore it. They just ignore it. Maybe Hugh... You know, because doesn't, doesn't, doesn't Hugh Jackman, didn't he interact with them in like Days of Future Past or something like I forget which one it was, but didn't he cross over to them at some point? Yes. So maybe he would have told him that story because it, you know, it was so profound. He had to kill her. Guess not. I don't think he did because that story is completely impossible in Days of Future Past because two of the people in there with him in the future were killed in X Men Last Stand. Oh, this is this is hurting my head. All this alternate reality time travel bullshit. I can't handle it. <laughs> but Just it's... imagine what it would be like if there were more X Men movies so that could get as complex as the comics get. <laughs> Right? Shoot. So Dark Phoenix is not going to blow your mind. It is not on the level of, say, Infinity War as far as, damn, (laughs) comic book movies go. But I also think it's pretty good. It's a damn sight better than Venom, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm saying a whole lot, although people went to see that for some damn reason. Thank you, people. (laughs) Because Venom's awesome! Yeah! He's like a badass Spider-Man. That movie was weird because it fell in between the the purchase of the 20th Century Fox stuff involving Marvel by Disney. So it couldn't actually mention Spider-Man anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you have a movie with Venom that does not mention Spider-Man at all. That's a little odd. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it takes place in San Francisco. Noted haunt of Venom, right? Right, that's where he hangs out. Totally, on the other coast. That's why he never gets into fights with Spider-Man anymore, because they, they, they divided the country. Yeah, he and Spider-Man never show up in each other's stories because they're yeah. on separate coasts. They're on separate coasts. Yeah, totally makes sense now that I think about it. Like that X-Men, there's an X-Men collection I read where they suddenly just, they have a new base in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, that that's probably a thing. And, and they deal with that by... Well, a whole bunch of... Oh, yes. Dracula's son has 
gone around recruiting vampires and thousands of vampires attack the X-Men in San Francisco and they're cheerfully severing heads and cutting vampires into shreds which I I don't think the X-Men would be so on board with but maybe that's just me <laughs> they did that with the brood but those were aliens that trying to cover whatever I'm thinking about too much mm-hmm. uh, Dark Phoenix John Wick Chapter 3 you want to see Keanu Reeves kill some more people this is your chance to do it he kills people a lot of them Hmm. He kills a guy with a book. Well, there you go. That's a new way to kill people. It appears to be a really durable book. I I don't know of any books that would survive somebody's neck getting snapped against them, but this one does. Hmm. Gruesome. Uh. Oh, and of course I saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters. How could I forget? It's a Godzilla movie. Well, yeah. So and how was it? There are monsters fighting in it. Get out. The monsters fight a lot. I liked that. Well, that, that's people what... People were more iffy. <laughs> well, that's theoretically what you're paying for, is to see the monsters beat the crap out of, you know, each other. Boston gets really messed up at the conclusion. Well, that's the other thing I pay for, is to see major cities get messed up in the process of the monsters beating the crap out of each other. You don't see any fights, but Washington, D.C. also gets pretty messed up. Hmm... Apparently Ghidorah wanted to hang out there and just constantly channel Category 6 Hurricanes. You didn't know there was a new category. They invented it just just just, just just whipped <laughs> because up. Because a Category 5 was too weak. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course it was. Of course. Or something generated by Ghidorah, the three-headed dragon that spits lightning. Uh, and you that is see funny. Rogan, the jet- the gigantic fiery pterodactyl actually swat planes out of the air by doing a barrel roll. That's oh, fun. that sounds awesome. So, do you feel like that the special effects were done really well? For the most part. I could tell it was CG, but it was pretty good CG. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it then. Because you know, uh, as much as I like watching the older movies with the you know actors in the rubber suits whacking around plastic planes out of the air, um, I, I'd like to see what a better looking version of that looks like you you will get that here again there's there's not a whole lot of collateral damage though people people flee in terror before the monsters get there for the most part gosh well if that, that's what disappointing they, yeah you know yeah get yeah it is always convenient how before these world terrifying events that these big cities full of millions of people are able to like evacuate within just a you know an hour notice or even less that's that i tell you living in florida where a hurricane it doesn't work that way you know they give us like two days warning that the hurricane's coming and there's still a ton of people who even if they could get out they don't because they're stubborn it it should be more of those in the movies the people who are just stupid and get squished the 98 godzilla the one with matthew broderick is a piece of junk in most respects but i have to give it credit for the amazing depiction we evacuated New York City in a day because that's very, very accurate to life, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Manhattan Island, I can see how you would easily be able to evacuate that before nightfall, don't you? Yeah, no problem. Just get those people right out of there. Because none of them will want to stay. No. They will, no. They will immediately obey government 
orders. I think that's what's actually missing from most Godzilla movies is because I, again, coming from Florida, you'd see it all the time where the government was like, "Guys, you're live on an you know like Key West or something. You're living on an island, a Category Four storm." We'll put this whole thing underwater with these really strong winds and tornadoes. You will die. You were telling you you have to evacuate by the authority of the U.S. No, nope, they still stay. They just, just yeah. The government, the government's authority doesn't mean anything to them. The fact that they're going to die apparently not a big motivating factor. No, they're not. They're <laughs> not going to die, Phil. Their house is going to get flooded, and they will have ridiculously low flood insurance because. That's a vote winner, but they won't die because they have a dinghy. <laughs> uh, Remember uh, that. If you have a dinghy, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, you're totally okay. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, guys who make Godzilla movies, you need to listen to us and, and, and make sure you, you do some depictions of that guy. That guy who should have left, but he didn't. didn't. And, and Godzilla or Mothra or somebody stomps on him. We need, like, a few of those guys, because it's never just one either, by the way. It's always a few. Now, now, in many of the Japanese Godzilla movies, because there was less than half an hour or maybe no warning at all, what do you know? There are people in the path. Ah, they're running screaming while the monster is stamping down the street, knocking buildings down, causing the pieces to fall onto people's heads. I mm. can't imagine. Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just so much... Uh... Cinegraphic awesomeness just waiting to happen. That that needs to take place. Well, we've got it's either King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus King Kong coming next year. So look forward to that. Nice. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe they'll just show up in let's pick a city, Houston, and go at it with no warning. And Houston gets completely demolished and lots of collateral damage happens. Cool. That that needs to happen because it, it does. Monsters fight each other. That's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to be committed to the verisimilitude of our kaiju, good sir. Mm-hmm. They need to make this happen. This totally needs to happen. Lots of squish people. Stubborn, stupid people. Anyway, that's about all I've got for now. Oh, oh, I forgot. I saw the new Aladdin, Phil. Oh, oh, did the blue genie scare you? Not really. Okay. Because I knew what to expect. Ah, you were, you were braced for impact. To give it credit, Will Smith did a good job. I, you know, I, you know, once I got over the, this slight keep creepy factor, I mean, the previews do. I mean, he he looks like he's really enjoying the role. He seemed to be having fun. I, I cannot come up with a reason this movie needed to be made. Because, well, I can tell you why. Because Disney's been remaking all their classics in the real life movies. <laughs> Let, let me rephrase that. I cannot come up with an artistic reason this movie needed to be made. Ah, okay. So, I mean, you didn't feel like it was a completely new and different experience with real actors, and I use that in air quotes with all the CG, but um, you, you didn't feel like this was a, a totally different thing that needed to happen? I didn't. Hmm. Well, okay, Phil. You're familiar with the 92 movie, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I worked for Disney at the time. They, like, played it over and over again in a lobby. I practically got every line memorized. Well, let's go over some of the notable changes. Jafar is no longer immediately evil-looking. He yeah. also isn't nearly as intimidating to me, but he... See, he also has a motivation now. He's not just evil because he's evil. He okay. can't stand being number two. 
Oh, okay, we've given him some depth. All right, this is sounding like an improvement so far. Jasmine has a song of her own. Oh, it's okay. called Speechless, and she gets to sing it once early on after she comes back from visiting Agrabah with Aladdin, where she is pining over, "Oh man, this I've never been out before. I I can't believe how awful it is that I'm kept penned up in here." And then she gets to sing it again late in the movie when Jafar has the, has the lamp. Instead of him wishing to be Sultan and then, in what, 15, 20 seconds, wishing to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world, mm-hmm. now he's Sultan for a while. He's trying to make everyone obey because he now has the authority and is the Sultan. Mm-hmm. And he's ordering the guards to take Jasmine away. And she has an imaginary sequence where she just imagines all of the troubles in her path vanishing while she sings speechless. And it's only at the end of the reprise of her song that Jafar finally recognizes mere authority isn't enough. I have to have power. And he wishes to become the most powerful sorcerer in the world. Okay. Is that and, as weird as it sounds? Like, I, that, or not weird, but it seems like such a, a stretch. It'll take you a moment, unless I tell you what's happening like I just did, to realize, oh, this this has to be a dream sequence fantasy because nobody else has just been vanishing into puffs of smoke before this in the movie. And that's happening while Jasmine is singing her speechless number. Good. Uh, oh, and Jasmine has a handmaiden now. Her name is Dahlia. Mm-hmm. And she has the hots for the genie. Okay. The genie likes her. Mm-hmm. Which is why the genie appears in human form more often. Remember how the genie in the original, the 92 movie, appeared with a human tint when mm-hmm. he sang Prince Ali. Mm-hmm. He has that tint more in this version. Mm-hmm. Which is a change. I, I have no strong feelings about it one way or another. It, it is just a change. Mm-hmm. She's fine. And Iago doesn't have much of a character now. now. Say what you want about Gilbert Gottfried's voice. It's distinctive. Oh, yeah. Now, Iago sounds like a parrot. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That, that's what he sounds like. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have a whole lot of lines either. And near the climax, Jafar turns him into a gigantic parrot, which is chasing Jasmine and Aladdin on the carpet through the streets of Agrabah and smashing through things because it's a giant flying bird somehow. Hmm. Instead of Aladdin fighting the snake Jafar, this is our action sequence at the climax. Them being chased by a giant bird. Oh, jeez. Really, I could go in. Oh, oh, that's right. Because Guy Ritchie directed it, we have a couple of those patented slow motion action shots that he's when aladdin is refusing is being tossed into the drink by jafar and that leads into him being rescued by the genie him falling into the water is done in slow motion oh well because why not so that we can see the carpet and abu grab the lamp and drop it into the water because the carpet can't go underwater ah See, Aladdin didn't have the lamp with him. Somebody has to bring it to him so that the wish can be made and his life is saved. Mm. And the carpet can't bring it underwater, which means it can't take Aladdin out of the water by itself. That would be a problem. That would be a conundrum. Just a little one. I, I could go through all of the changes. There, there are a bunch. But really, the, the people who are in it are fine. I have no, I have no complaints about the performances. But it's a half an hour longer than the original, and it really didn't need to be because that 
didn't feel like it added anything I needed to see. <laughs> what? It wasn't a whole new movie. A whole new nope. fresh point of view. It was not. <laughs> Imagine that. Although I was shocked that Will Smith actually sang Friend Like Me and Prince Ali. I did. I thought he could only rap. Ah, okay. He, so he actually said it wasn't like a voice, voice alike singing it. It was actually him. I'm pretty sure it was him. Oh, sweet. If it, if it was a voice alike, it was a good one. He does rap a version of Friend Like Me over the end credits, though. Ah, yeah. I'm by the soundtrack for that alone. Oh wait, I'll just get on. I'm sure it'll be on Spotify. And of course, you can listen to the brand new number, Speechless, which I'm sure will be making its rounds along all of the award shows in due time because it's a brand new song. Got to focus on that. It's going to be the, was that song on Frozen? It's going to be the next uh, Frozen song. Let it go. Yeah. Yes. You reminded me, Phil. Frozen <laughs> 2 is coming. Are you ready? I, I don't think we could be ready for Frozen 2. I don't think when you're a, a middle-aged guy. Oh, here it is. Speechless Part 1. Uh, speechless part two, and speechless uh, one jump ahead reprise two. Oh yeah, there it is. Speechless, the full song, three twenty nine, three minutes and twenty nine seconds of your life. You will never get back again. Thirty seven tunes on uh, the uh, original motion picture soundtrack, um, and uh, and that friend like me at the end finale. I'm guessing that's the rap. Yep. Um, actually, you know, Arabian Nights. The first tie, the first track is Arabian Nights 2019 artist Will Smith, friend like me and Prince Ali artist Will Smith. So yeah, maybe he's he's doing quite a few of these. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll have to give it a listen. He, he, he did a good job. I have no complaints with Will Smith. He's fine. I, I will say this is this is a, a you know this is something we just t- take for granted nowadays. But you know when I worked when I worked at Disney back in the 90s, uh, and we would go out and we would see the new movies when they came out. So. Uh, I like Disney animation, but you know, I'd also want to be able to talk about it as an employee because <laughs> people would ask. Uh, so, uh, but you'd go and you would see something like Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid, and you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast had an excellent soundtrack. But you, you, you go and go, you'd have to go to like a Virgin Records store, which would sell the CDs or the cassette tapes or whatever you were into, and they were like, th- they were not cheap dates. They were oftentimes double uh, CDs. Uh, you know, two CDs in one case, so it would cost like twenty five to thirty bucks plus tax. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So back, back when CD prices were far, far above what it costs to make a CD in the packaging. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, and and so I I just didn't really usually had enough money in my budget for Disney motion picture soundtracks. Um, so I just I, I I wasn't able to get a lot of these, but now we have Spotify, and you got access to the, the movie. The soundtrack's already out, and you can listen to it for free uh, on Spotify with with commercials, or you pay your ten bucks or whatever it is a month and get it without commercials. So yeah, pretty cool. All right, well, sounds like you've had a very very busy couple of weeks. I I will say mine have not been quite as exciting. <laughs> played some Dragon I, Quest I builders. Still have more boxes to sift through, so that's not done. All right. Um, I mean, on my side, uh, I just I I just played some Dragon Quest builders. I'm playing some um, uh, Masquerada on the Switch, which I plan to write an article up for real soon. And so I'll save that for next time after I put some more time into it. 
Uh, I will say it, it, it does, if you like a text-heavy, uh, tactical, like a Baldur's Gate-style RPG, but without quite so much tactics, it, it's definitely more down and dirty and focused on action, but it's you can pause and, and give commands, and there are some skills you got to mess around with. Um, it, it's it definitely is is probably worth a shot but i'll have a more solid opinion after i put some more time into it uh, fair enough yeah and just dealing uh been really busy work but just uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of steam sales holy cow or, or video game sales because of e3 so just too many too many deals to really go over but i, I will say like there's a man uh, the, you know this probably isn't the podcast to go deep into e3 it is, so i won't but boy did that nintendo show the news direct wow that was like one hit after another i wasn't really looking much forward and we're gonna we're, we're gonna write more over at rp gamer we're working on an article where everyone's gonna write their thoughts and mine was pretty much centered around the nintendo deal but i mean hell we got the mana games back um so for forty bucks, yeah, boys and man. girls, you can play the Mana. And we got, and we got the one major Mana game we'd never had across the ocean finally happen. Yeah, that's what kind of brings it home because you're getting the Game Boy Final Fantasy Mana game or whatever it was. I forget what was it. Do you remember uh, the Game Boy one? Okay, it was Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy. Yeah, Final Fantasy. And then it got turned into Adventure of Mana. Adventure which of Mana. I reviewed last year, I think. Yeah, I, re- I definitely reviewed it, and I think it was last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Why did you have to mention Steam sales? I looked at what's new and trending. Ideology in friction. Its <laughs> taglines are nudity, RPG, indie, sexual content. Yeah, that probably wasn't a good thing for you to click on. Um, but, so, yeah, we got... I haven't clicked on it. It's on Steam's the, new the, and yeah. trending list. You're not supposed to click on stuff like that. That's just not a good I thing didn't. to do. You shouldn't click on that. Um, but, uh, holy cow, we got, we got, so, yeah, we got uh, the, 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 the Secret of Mana, and then the game, the third game, which I think, is that the one they're calling, is that Trials of Mana? Or am I yeah, mixing? I, that's, they're calling it Trials of Mana. Yeah. It was originally... T- what was it? In one of those old game mags, I saw a review with, uh, or no, I saw it was on um, Legends of Localization site. There was a review with Tom, Ted Woolsey, where he described what was initially looking like Secret of Mana Two in Japan, which never came out because instead we got Secret of Evermore. Yeah, and there's going to be a remake of that coming out later on um, in early next year. So you can either get the collection now and play the port, or you can play the full-on remake, or both. But it looks really cool either way. We got, of course, a little bit more gameplay of Leaks Awakening, the, the, the remake of that, which, uh, as I mentioned before, I think I mentioned on the show before, Leaks Awakening, one of the very few Zelda games I actually played all the way through. I really enjoyed it back in the day in the Game Boy, I think Color it was. Um, so super, super, you know, cute, just fun, down and dirty. Uh, well, maybe not dirty, but <laughs> link, a, a good, a good link adventure that uh, I'm looking forward to playing again. Just yeah, didn't overstay its welcome. We had uh, we had uh, more details, uh, you know, there about Dragon Quest Nine, Echoes of an Elusive Age, the Definitive Edition S, which I'm still super soaked about the fact that you can go into the old 8-bit mode at any time. And, and there will be certain things, certain dungeons or whatever that can only be done through that mode. But it looks 
let you that alone makes it almost worth the probably makes it worth the double dip. What am I saying? It's I'm going to double dip. It's horrible. <laughs> I paid full price. But anyways, the Dark Crystal. I I did never saw this coming. But they they started talking about the, the Dark Crystal show that's coming on Netflix. Netflix. And I'm trying to remember if I had heard about that before or not. But it didn't matter because then they started going into their game, Age of Resistance, ta- Dark, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. And it looks like like almost like a claymation Muppets, you know, because it's Dark Crystal after all. But it just, it looks awesome. I mean, hopefully it's a solid game. You can't tell how good the game is just by, but it looks awesome. And I'm like, I just didn't see that coming. That was that was great. And then more Fire Emblem Three House, which also is, is looking, you know, super beautiful and awesome. Pokemon Sword and Shield. The gems in that game that they showed just, again, it was just like, wow, you'd never seen, you know, gems that look so good. It's like you're watching the freaking cartoon. It just, it looks, it looks like it's shaping up really nice. Um... You know, some 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 uh, uh, Ultimate Alliance three, the Black Order. I, I know that not everyone's the hugest fan of that, but I loved Ultimate Alliance one and two. Uh, so I thought two actually. I did. I didn't give it the best score in the world because it was too short. I wanted more. It was too short of an experience for a typical action RPG. But um, now I remember when I when I played it and we talked about it because we did that on the track once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience was actually somewhat different from yours because I played the PS2 version, which is apparently the same as the Wii and is not the same as what was on PS3 and 360. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 apparently got two separate and distinct versions depending upon the console you were using. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, uh, quite possible. You know, I, I, I didn't really look into that. I, um, hmm. Yeah, I, I believe I played it on the three yeah i'm pretty uh, yeah of course i would have played on three yeah yeah i would have played it on three yeah i'm pretty sure i would have played it on and that's three. a different game it's a then. different game huh yeah hmm. uh interesting well uh, you know on the you know so the it was civil war right so, uh, marvel alliance 2 was civil war at least it was yes. on the ps3 um <laughs> yeah so, same overall scenario but the the events and exactly what happens and i think some of the characters you have are different Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, it just, it just, it just, I guess the idea was that maybe they wanted you to play through the different side. Like, if you played through one side and then played through the other side, you're kind of doubling your, your gameplay time, which, even with those two together, I swear it wouldn't come up to, like, X-Men Legends or Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1. But, um, uh, you know, but that was my only, and, and it also felt a bit, uh, it felt like it was a bit sim- simplified. Like, there was nothing to, 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 to equip. There was no, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the level up options were automatic. I don't even know if you could turn them off or if you did, they were on by default and you had to go find how to turn them off. I just remember just like, it, it just wasn't as satisfying as an experience, though I, I did like the story premise better because I, I like the Civil War story. But, um, uh, um, but anywho, regardless, they were both fun games, uh, and I liked X Men Legends. I played X Men Legends one and two before that, yep. and really enjoyed those. And there's another one I'm missing, but I yeah no. Oh, I think I remember X Men Destiny. Destiny, right? You know, Destiny, the one, the one that you were complaining about wasting your entire weekend on. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that just yeah, no. Yeah, no. Come on, guys. Really? Gosh, that could have been so much better. 
It, it, it had it has little glimmers, but man, just totally just fell on their face. But so hopefully this one looks like it's going to be good. My my biggest concern so far from what I've seen though is that they were talking about buying your season pass and the extra DLC characters, and uh, that's kind of turning me off. I'm wondering if I'll just wait till it's all out and then maybe a, a game of the year edition which has all the characters included. You know, maybe something like that. We'll see. So I might hold off and not get that new because of all the I don't want to pay. 60 bucks plus then pay you know two dollars a character for the extra 15 characters uh I, i'd rather not do that I, I will say that was the kind of the cool thing about playing you know when you played x-men legends 2 you know uh, which had more characters in the first one or you got into marvel ultimate alliance had a ton of characters but you didn't have to buy them as dlc you had to unlock some of the characters by doing certain things but you didn't but have to pay on the disc. they were on the bloody disc yeah so i see some shenanigans oh. possibly going on there well, we've entered the era, Phil, when since it's coming from a triple A developer that is looking to extract every last possible dollar from the audience. Yeah. This is this is ripe for DLC. It is. It is, unfortunately. Oh, oh, you, want, oh you want to play Black Bolt? Ah. <laughs> I can't even remember if Black Bolt was in any of the earlier Ultimate Alliance games. No, I don't think so. But it's gonna cost you. <laughs> It will. Oh, you want to play Carnage? Because of course Ooh. Carnage would fit in more as a villain. But I'm sure we can come up with a a two dollar way to have Carnage temporarily decide it, it makes sense to team up with you for a little while. Well, especially since it would just be a palette swap on on Venom, right? They could sell you two characters, you know, while only doing the work for one. <laughs> So I would love to tell you that that's way too lazy and cynical, and yet that is almost certainly how it will transpire, because why should we put any effort into it? We're just feeding the fanboys, right? Right. Um, the, there was, there, it let's, just... let's have multiple costumes for Spider-Man. Let's have that thing that he was using in the original Civil War arc when he was with Tony Stark, and let's have him use the Scarlet Spider thing. Yeah. And let's have him use, uh, I don't know... I'm sure he's got something new now. He's probably got something super cheap that looks like it was brought off off, off uh, Halloween shore because le- that gives us new skins. We can sell them to you for fifty cents each. Oh, oh wait, that's that's too low. Let's, let's make it ninety nine cents each. Right? Yeah. So that I'm a little worried about possible shenanigans there. Uh, speaking of microtransactions, uh, Dauntless is also going to have a. They mentioned it's going to have a, a Switch port coming later this year or maybe early next year uh now i I don't think it really holds a candle a candle to monster hunter world and my and and it is pretty much a kind of one of those free to play but heavy to microtransactions which i can't even imagine putting that together with monster hunter which is kind of a random loot drop type of thing hey just spend five dollars for the season passing you get double the chances for things to drop uh that would that would totally ruin it for me and the things i've generally heard about dauntless don't exactly get me excited but with all that being said it's not uh, you know the best monster hunter type of game right now the switch has is monster hunter generations you know ultimate which is a decent game but it's also you know pretty long in the tooth and and pretty old school so for people looking to get into a lighter monster hunter experience uh you can go ahead and, and give dauntless a shot so that's some good news there but of course, absolutely the best RPG news of all, of course, was Elder Scrolls Blades coming in fall. Because, you know, that's the, that is the premier 
Elder Scrolls experience, you know, because that's what's that guy that their their spokesperson is like. We wanted to make sure we created an Elder Scrolls experience that was like the others, that was memorable and stuff. And Elder Scrolls, I think they're right in that it is memorable. (laughs) Oh, it's memorable as you're yelling at those timers, you know, on those on those countdowns that you don't have in any other Elder Scrolls game. Don't you remember in all the other Elder Scrolls games when you had to sit there and wait or pay money to to be able to not wait? Right? Isn't that that is the 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 Elder Scrolls experience, and they captured it so well in that. So I that would probably be something I wouldn't put in the direct. Um, I think we need Scott here. I, I feel like his level of cynicism is insufficient to properly convey just how cynical Elder Scrolls Blades is. It's it's horrible. But aside from those couple, I think there's a lot of good stuff. On, that E3 Direct was super, super awesome. That's not even getting into Square Enix and a couple of other good things that were there. But um, Are you including the wonderful news about the third title in something that we haven't seen for a long time? That was Kickstarter funded partially. Uh, you know what's really cool is is when you got this really cool third title in a series um, that that you play on fans' emotions uh, and you really you talk about E three and you kick off a Kickstarter and it goes gangbusters because everybody wants this sequel and 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 you mention oh yeah you're gonna be able to get get this on your computer on Steam. And then at another E3 down the road, you sit there and say, oh, you know what? We actually are got an exclusive with Epic. And if you don't like it, that's tough beanie weenies because we're not giving you your money back. That's... And, we're not, and we're not going back and attempting to revise our product description, which or our Steam page allowing you to order it on Steam. Right. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, come on, guys. It just the the whole the whole epic store exclusivity thing is just getting out of control, and it's really giving PC gaming a bad name. And I'm usually the guy who loves PC gaming. I defend PC gaming. I adore PC gaming. But but this is this has given us a black eye. It's given our our corner of the universe a, a bad name. So stop it, guys. Just stop it. <sighs> but I hope that they listen, and I fear that they won't. Yeah, yeah, I get the feeling they they just won't. Oh, but anywho, uh, you're gonna find out. You're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see articles uh, about this and many other things over at uh, at rpgamer.com. Uh, we're definitely gonna have a number of of uh, E3 articles. We already have some that are up there. We're working on some more this weekend, so you definitely want to go and check that out. We also have some some great reviews up. Uh, we have one for Sword and Fairy 6, which if you haven't if you haven't taken a look at that, it's just I'm not saying go out and buy it because if you read the review, it's 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 not going to encourage a lot of people to rush out and grab their own very own copy. But it is it's a very original. When did I miss that we cover Toe Jam and Earl now? I know, right? <laughs> I saw that. I wasn't going to bring that up, Mike, but since you brought it up, uh, yeah, that's something we totally cover. We've been expanding a little bit uh, at RP Gamer. <laughs> And uh, now we cover Toe Jam and Earl. I'm I'm sure there's an RPG mechanic in there somewhere, Mike. Somewhere, right? Uh, well, the original Toe Jam and Earl had traits similar to a roguelike in that things kind of randomly appeared and you had to get lucky. 
you know, there's level up stats. I'm just looking at the review here. Uh, so there you go. Level up. It's an RPG. It's totally is. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So we've got. Uh, just like Call of Duty. Just like Call of Duty. We've every got. Every Call of Duty. Oh, and then the rest of the podcast. We need to review every Call of Duty now. Who wants to do that? Okay. You know that'll, what? That'll only take a couple of years because there are, what, how many Call of Duty games? I will encourage everybody instead to go read uh, Pascal's review of Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark. Uh, if you're looking for a modern take on classical tactical RPG combat, if you're a fan of Disgaea or Final Fantasy Tactics, you're going to want to go and check that out. I love this one screenshot uh, where he just has, uh, I don't know if this is all the characters he can pick from or just all the characters he could like create new characters from. Like in Disgaea, once you unlock the classes, when you go to create a new character, you know the menu is just huge. Uh, and he's got uh, you know th- a little caption that says options for party construction are comprehensive to say the least as there's literally like 40 different classes on here so looks like a really deep uh, game but uh, go and check out his strengths and weaknesses and see if that's something that's for you uh, we have other podcasts on there uh, like the rpg cast and uh, other podcasts that we're not going to mention um because he's currently not on the recording at the moment so we're not going to blow up his ego anymore but yeah go and check that out as you know with with everything that we're writing about the E3, all the RPGs that we covered with E3, there's a lot up there from an RP gamer perspective um, and stuff. Oh, yeah. we forgot, Phil. What do we forget? Square, Square Enix is officially saying that its remake of that one Final Fantasy game is going to come out in less than a year. Yeah, yeah. I I was not expecting that. Uh, yeah, I was I was not expecting it before I kicked the bucket. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they did show off. They did show off some gameplay. Did you watch the gameplay? I watched. I watched Jim Sterling's take on it. Yeah, I mean, they're they're it's it's very flashy and it, it looks very HD and uh, but it also looks you know I, I I see that they were really trying to focus on their new strategy kind of mode or whatever it's called. So essentially, it plays like an action RPG, but then. At points, you can hit a button which essentially pauses or really slows down the game, and you can you can you can you can use spells. It's kind of like the Fallout VAT system in a way, um, but they're making out like this is some you know brand new deep thing or whatever have you. And it, and I don't know, I don't know if they really if they added this feature because people like me were totally you know with with the earlier with the earlier gameplay they were showing it looked just like a complete action RPG. Um, and felt like a complete departure from the combat system of Final Fantasy VII, and so people like me were just like, eh, totally not going to buy it, so this is kind of like a an olive branch. Um, it'll be interesting to see how people feel, if they feel like that's really enough, but it was definitely the the, the, the boss they were fighting during the conference, uh, this big machine boss that you fight early in the game, He uh, there was a lot of dodging, rolling behind covers with shooting a laser, uh, switching, you can switch who's switching between Cloud and Barrett uh, from different angles, but this thing was kind of like a, yeah, kind of like a hit point sponge. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you like action RPGs, I, I, I'm sure it, it's gonna be fun. Um, if you're diehard old, I like the way it was before. I don't think that these changes are enough to get it there <laughs> at all. Um, it's uh, and, and you know, and my my problem with this and with Final Fantasy fourteen, and to be fair, no fourteen, thirteen, four. 
uh, 15. 15. And to be fair, I haven't actually played 15. I've just watched a crap ton of game footage. But it, the reason, one of the reasons I don't jump into these, aside from the old schooler in me saying, wow, wow, I, I, I miss my turn-based or at least action turn bar, whatever it was called, Final Fantasy, um, it, it, it is, is that when it comes to these action takes, they don't seem that fun. Like, they're trying to make something that's a combination of turn-based and action, and in doing so, it doesn't look like they do a great job of either. Like, I love Horizon Zero Dawn. That's an action-based RPG. The combat system is completely action-based, and it has the same kind of slowdown mechanic. When you're in a fight, you can slow down time to equip a different arrow type or even craft on the fly. I love that mechanic. But that game was made from the ground up to really focus on that experience, and it's done incredibly smoothly. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like when they're trying to merge these two to try to appeal to both, they don't do a great job of either. But, yeah, I should give it a fair shake before I judge it, maybe. Yeah, for 15, I'm willing to judge it after actually playing it because most games like this seem to be harder to encapsulate until you've actually felt them in your hands. Well, and maybe it's like Dragon Quest Builders, too. Like, at Dragon Quest Builders, the combat isn't that great, but it's this, the experience around the combat that makes that game so memorable. And I've heard a lot of people talk about in 15 about, you know, the, 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 the bromance, you know, the group of guys in the car that experience the journey is super interesting. So, yeah, should give it a shot anyways and, and see how I feel. Um, we may have to talk about Final Fantasy XV at some point on this very show. Yeah, and it shouldn't be too hard. I mean, I know they've released recently, they released a Final Fantasy XV, like the super ultra comprehensive edition. That's another reason I didn't pick it up is because they kept doing DLC. Um, and, and I just didn't. I, I think if you bought everything as it came out, including there was, what, a book and a movie or something along those lines, uh, you would have paid a crap ton of money. Uh, but now, you know, you just like with a lot of these games with DLC, I just like to wait for the Super Game of the Year edition. And sure enough, they've got one of those for 15. So um, now I just wait for that to go on sale. <laughs> I could get for 30 bucks what some people had to pay over 120 bucks for, which I don't mind doing when the game's really, really awesome. I just didn't get, you know, from what I saw Final Fantasy 15, it didn't show about me. Like, I just have to pay full price and get that now. So, And as I recall, it was going to be spoon-fed lots of DLC over the years mm-hmm. to fill it out, and I gather Square Enix just kind of shut that down mm-hmm. no more. So what it's, what's there now is it's... what we're getting forever, and Square Enix's initial inclination to finish it, because of course, like so many other big games now, it was released when it had to be released instead of when it was done. Right. So, yeah, there's there's just a lot uh, on our site. Uh, go and check it out. There's uh, Speaking of the Trails of Mana, I just, I just saw we have a nice uh, – we have we do have uh, the video from the Treehouse. You're going to want to check that out. It's just It looks like a really pretty game, but just reviews and all kinds of stuff. So check it out, our, rpgamer.com. And, and, of course, RPG Backtrack is a production of rpgamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community of the net. Go and check it out. If you want to leave us a comment, you can hit uh, Mike is at you may sin. Uh, I'm at JC Servant. I'm also at JC Servant RPGamer.com. I got that email working again. It's on again. It's off again. I think it's on again for now because I, I the spam that somehow they have magically made the spam stop. So 
uh, and I've tested it with my my personal other personal email address that I usually use, and it works fine. So you, it, it's easier to say that than jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com. Uh, but jcservantrpgamer.com. Or you can always go onto our website. We have a podcast section. Go to RPG Backtrack and leave your comments on the latest show, and we'll read your stuff right here on the air. We like to do that. Um, but uh, And leave us lots of good comments. Uh, but anywho, Mr. Mr. Mike, with all that legal ease out of the way, do you want to put us to bed? I don't know why you would come to us before anyone else for Compile Heart and Idea Factory coverage, given that we are somewhat inconsistent in covering these titles. But I think you also know why we are inconsistent in covering these titles, because for poor RP Gamer staff, we must actually complete the games in order to view them, and sometimes that is too high a price to pay. But we did come up with a couple of not terrible entries tonight, and maybe future Compile Heart entries will continue the trend of being better than awful. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to go to sleep by? Good night, everybody.